This is Space Cats Peace Turtles, the unofficial podcast for Fantasy Flight's Twilight Imperium. Episode 116, 2020 Tournament Mock Draft. Music by Ben Prunty, featuring Matt Martins and Hunter Donaldson. Well, hello there. Uh, top of the show here. It's just Matt real quick. Matt from the future. I'm actually just tossing this in right, right, right at the tippy top of the show to say, hey, Hunter and I are doing something really, really cool coming up. Uh, on January 16th, the Oath Kickstarter uh, is kind of is jumping off, and Leader Games has invited us to come hang out with Cole Worley, as well as uh, popular board game personality, the Meeple Lady, uh, and we're going to play Oath live on Tabletop Simulator with Cole Worley on their live stream at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time, January 16th. And uh, we would love it if you came out and uh, showed the Space Cats support, but also came and checked out this awesome game that we're like kind of wickedly excited for and really excited to be like partnering up more and more with Leader Games and just uh, doing stuff with them. We're actually going to after that stream because Oath operates. If you listened to the Oath interview with Cole Worley, uh, Oath operates as kind of a pseudo legacy ish game where future sessions remember previous sessions that you played, which means for the next uh, three weeks after January 16th, we are going to continue playing Oath uh, live on stream. Uh, we won't be playing with Cole Worley or Meepy Lady most likely after that, but Hunter and I and then some other guests will uh, every Saturday, we don't have an exact set time for that yet, but every Saturday after January 16th for three or four weeks, uh, we will be streaming more playthroughs of Oath so that you can see how the game kind of changes from session to session based on what happens in previous sessions. We'll do little overviews of what previous sessions have done and kind of show you what the story of an arc of Oath could look like. So we're super, super excited to be doing that. Again, it's January 16th at 6 p.m. Uh, Central Standard Time, and that's going to be on the Leader Games Twitch channel. So go follow that. Go join in and uh, come join us for the fun. Anyways, here is the rest of the show. I'm excited about... These are like my favorite episodes. Yeah? Be because I feel like when we started the show, this was kind of the type of stuff that we thought we would be doing. This is the vision. And yeah. it took so long. I mean, like it's just something that just comes up every once in a while, an opportunity to do an episode like this. Right. A very step back theory crafty kind of weird thing where it's yeah, just like yeah. let's just talk through the thing and see what we right. come up with right right yeah it's interesting it's it's um we <laughs> we got goofy ones we have heavily strategic ones and this is like m meeting right in the middle today's gonna be like a right in the middle kind of episode in terms of goofiness and strategic there we're, we're gonna be thinking and we're gonna be talking strategically but it's not like we can like get crazy specific on anything you know yeah yeah and uh, I will say this episode, uh, first of all, was voted on by the Galactic oh, Counselors. Yeah. Thanks, Galactic Council. Thank you so much. Um, this one is very much like tournament centric. Yeah. So like um, a couple things that you probably need to brush up on that we'll that we'll cover briefly is like the prelims map. It would probably be good to yeah. 
pull up an image of that so you have that in your head. Right. Um, this is a very this is an episode where me and Matt are in TTS right now and we're gonna be doing a lot of things and trying to describe it yeah. visually and keep it all in your head. Right. But generally speaking, those episodes are a little bit, you know, tricky rougher. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, we'll we'll do so our best yeah. though to make it as as audibly visual <laughs> as possible. Um, yes, but yeah, we're, let's go over the tournament draft as well, uh, real yes, quick, yes, yes, just yes, before yes. we get into kind of anything else, just so that people remember. So first off, yeah, we've got the map. Uh, it's got the six slices that are very much designed to be not equivalent, right? They're they're not there. There is one that is literally they're called the best one um, yeah. because it has got the most stuff in it, uh, and mm-hmm. they kind of work uh, counterclockwise around to then the worst slice which the whole point of that is to say uh we expect the speaker token to end up uh in the worst position so the way the tournament draft works if you are not familiar is everyone rolls their initial die this is their draft roll Uh, and that draft roll the person with the highest roll on that will be given the speaker token we already know that they're speaker um and then in draft order we uh ban factions from the available list of all 17 so the speaker gets to ban the very first faction uh and then the person who goes sixth bans a sixth faction and then in reverse order they get to pick a position on the map which means that sixth player gets to pick the first pie slice uh which is why they will usually pick the best one. They'll pick a very, very good pie slice because they that's the only thing they they know right now. They know that not only have six factions already been banned, but five more factions are going to get picked before I get to pick a faction. So they are typically going, I need to hedge my bets on the best slice so that whatever weird faction I end up with at the end of the day will be doable in this bad slice. That's kind of the mm-hmm. major assumption of this map. Uh, so then in reverse order, everyone picks one pie slice typically ending with the uh speaker picking what we call the speakeasy pie slice which is not a very good pie slice but you're gonna have the added benefit of definitely picking first you're gonna get whatever strategy card you want um and so then the final step of the draft is in that same draft order starting with speaker we've we've turned it around again uh they will now pick their faction so you get your first pick of faction you know you're going to get first pick of strategy card you just have the worst slice in most cases this isn't forced on the players but on average that's how it's going to work out so then by the end of the draft everyone has now picked a faction and a pie slice uh and we're ready to start a regular game of twilight imperium hunter what are we what are you and i doing today what we're gonna do is a couple times we're gonna walk through the draft um me and you are gonna play a cast of characters there's only two of us but we're gonna play each three different players um each uh and we're gonna go through and just kind of talk about the decisions that we're making in our heads uh we're gonna go through the entire draft and then we're actually gonna um reveal two public objectives and then do our strategy card picks. Yeah, we want to see what the start of a game might properly look like. Now, the one thing we're not doing here that I've just just in this moment realized is a bit of a flaw um, is we aren't going to deal out uh, secret objectives to everybody. So there's one extra piece of information that people might care about. But I'm going to say we're going to let that slide because it's not like everybody always thinks about their secret objective round one. That's not usually on the front of your mind, you usually look at your secret objective as something you're going to do round two, round three. There are obviously exceptions to that rule, but to just make this go faster, we're not going to worry about secret objectives. We're only going to worry about what publics are on the map and what 
uh, strategy cards people will then decide to pick because yeah, that that definitely has a pretty big impact on what people do. So we just want to look we want to see what things look like by the time we start action phase of round one. And this is going to be weird. Uh, it's going to be weird because, like Hunter said, there's only two of us. Um, yep. And we're going to yep. have to just kind of be pretending. So, you know, take take all of this with that grain of salt. You know, there's always crazy people that join these tournaments and do things that we just never would have predicted. And we're just not going to be able to, like, totally plan for that. We're going to try to let ourselves yeah. get a little wild. Uh, we're going to do, like, a, a few drafts just so we kind of feel we feel out an average, right? We want to we get an right. idea of what factions are routinely making the cut. Uh, I will yeah. say, at the time of recording... We're actually two games deep into the tournament. We haven't seen them finish. They are they're happening right now while Hunter and I are recording, and in both of those two games, uh, the L1Z1X, the Barony, the Xcha, the Asarl, and the Yin Brotherhood have made it in. Yeah. Uh, so we already have a little bit of information of like what are what consistent things are going to be happening. And Hunter and I have that in our head. We're not going to be actively working against that. If it makes sense that those end up in the thing, they'll end up in the thing. But we're just going to try to put on characters and, and, and you know, come up with a pretty decent draft that makes sense. We're not going to do anything too crazy. Yeah, yeah. I And also, um, so for the first uh, draft or two, we're going to operate under the assumption that the players are not like communicating or trying to rig the draft right. in any specific way, but we'll experiment uh, in a little bit with doing that as well. So right. there's going to be a couple different like overall approaches. Right. Uh, this first one though, like we're we're not communicating. We're just like six strangers walk into a room and they start playing the tournament. Yep. Um, and we've actually already rolled for order and everything. Um, I think we should describe ourselves as like first player, second player, third player, um, as opposed to the color, yeah. because then that will get really confusing right. if we do that. Right. So player one is uh, me. Uh, I'm Matt. I'm Matt Martins, and I'm playing in this tournament. And you're playing to win. Too. I'm playing to win. win. I'm I'm here for it. But my first assumption is I'm probably going to end up in speakeasy. Um, right. So a lot of things that have been talked about with players uh, being in speakeasy, really even the first two. The biggest assumption about Twilight Imperium in tournament when we do a when we do a banning phase is there are four factions that are dangerous. Nalu, Clan of Sar, Jolnar, and then the Federation of Soul. Basically, if you look at last week's tier list, right? If you look at if you listen to last right. week's episode, the top three, and then maybe Soul. But part of our tier list was actually based on the idea that lots of people have been playing um, test games of this map. And if anything makes it through, it's almost always Soul. Soul is yep. the one that people are like, you know what? Maybe I don't care. Maybe it's all right that Soul gets through. And I think mm -hmm. that subconsciously affected our decision to like put Soul in a slightly lower tier because it's just obvious that people are not as worried about it as they are the other three factions. Right. Jolnar, Sar, and Nalu are pretty much auto bans. So yep. the way that Blue thinks about this then is, listen, if I don't ban a top tier faction, I'm picking factions first. I increase my odds of getting a pretty good faction if I don't ban a top tier faction yeah but there's also a flip side to that i don't want to ban a super super bad faction because i'm going to get first pick i'm not going to pick a really bad faction i'm not going to be stuck with a really bad faction if anything i want the player to my right who i assume the, the player in the best one the, per, the person in the best slice i want them to be a bad faction so what i need to do is ban the seventh best faction so that I get some, uh, you know, I want to end up with like the fifth best faction in the game. Right. Whatever I personally think that is, that's going to be the thing. The other thing I'm looking out for is uh, what are what are my potential counters in my neighboring slices? Who, who might be my problem areas? And if you listened to the episode where we break down the map, you know that you have two kinds of neighbors. To my left, 
I have a neighbor where we share like a highway between our home systems. And to my right, I have a neighbor where we share an equidistant, but we don't have a highway between our home systems. So it's like right. a little bit trickier to get to the person on my right, but there's maybe arguably more stuff for us to fight over. And then on my left, it's like, yeah, I, if I decided to get into their stuff, like we would be at, at full on war if that happened, because I would right. be basically getting into their pie slice. Um, so of the two people, who am I the most afraid of? Well, I'm mostly afraid of purple because I say purple meaning uh, little brother slice, the person on my left, because they're going to also get to pick a pretty good faction. So I need to ban something that I'm most afraid of them getting. And so to finally, I have talked enough. I, I want to ban the Barony Aletnev because I personally am very afraid of the Barony Aletnev getting in this slice with a really clear path to Mechatol. Uh, there's a red skip in there, so there's an, it, yeah. it increases their odds of getting non-Euclidean shielding. That freaks me out. Uh, there's a really good staging area next to Mechatol that they could put space stocks on and just like completely lock down Mechatol, score lots of points. I, I feel like a barony in purple and little brother uh, is asking for a runaway game, and I don't want that to be an issue. Now, I, I could have not made that choice, and I could have just known, you know what, I want to pick Barony, but I, as a player in Speakeasy, I don't feel like Barony is going to be my choice, so I'm banning that. Very interesting. Um, I really liked all of uh, your logic there, especially like Barony very much fits the definition of like a seventh best faction. Yeah, like Something absolutely. in like the middle of the pack of your own personal tier. Um, okay, so I'm playing player number two. Um, the general logic is that I will probably end up in Lil Brudder. Um, so I don't want to ban something that I would want to play there. Right. But also, I do not have the like pressure of... I'm sort of similar to Speakeasy in right. that like I don't need to ban something like super, super good because if, if for some reason the rest of the players decide, oh, we're going to let some super good factions slide through, if they let two slide through, then I'm getting that second one. So I'm not going to ban a top four faction... And instead, I'm just going to think about what, honestly, in, the, in, this, in this spot, I tend to just think, hey, what do I not want to play against, basically? Yeah. What of that mid-tier do I just not want to face right. at all? What's weird about assuming you're going to play in Little Brother is I don't feel threatened by either of my neighbor's slices. Like, I just, I don't feel right. like yellow's going to come into my stuff, and I don't really feel like blue's going to come into my stuff, because blue's got better stuff to go fight on their right. But for, for some reason, I'm not threatened by yellow either, and I don't, I can't explain why. That's been a thing for me every time. Yeah. Um, this is maybe kind of weird, and I want to, I want to see how this bounces off your head. Um, I think I would ban Necro in this position. Yeah. Because Necro is a very good faction, very good tournament faction. Um, not top four, but like right a there. little bit outside of that. Mm -hmm. um, however, if Necro for some reason made it through, I don't think I would be very interested in playing them in Lil Brudder. Right. Um, and I think it's just like kind of the way Lil, Lil Brudder, I think, is a little bit better on influence than they are on... I don't know. I guess yeah. the way the influence is distributed is a little bit weird. Um, right. But yeah, I'm going to ban Necro. Okay. Don't want to play I, against I want to talk about that that choice a little bit because I do think it yeah, is yeah. weird. Let's I think, I, I, and we'll, we'll do this in future drafts. We're going to do this a couple times here. But I think there is an argument for Necro in Little Brother solely mm -hmm. because that alpha wormhole is right in front of you. And so uh, you have this extra true. option of jumping across the map and getting tech from two more people pretty easily. Um, yeah. So, yeah. so we're at me and maybe, maybe well, next then, time I'll be in that position. I might, I might go for that. That's just a thought. 
let's say that second player, that character I'm playing, uh-huh. is scared of Necro. Yeah. That is their yeah. That is their they character. don't feel them they don't feel that's not Magi sitting here. They're and they've right. they've seen Magi's guide and they kinda go, That's not how I play this game. I don't I don't yeah. hit it on that level. I and I'm yeah, I'm more afraid of Necro than I am willing to play Necro. So I just rather yeah. get it rid get rid of it. All right, so next up is player number three. Um, this is where things get to kind of break down. We talked about the map being like, yeah, there's a best and then all the way around to worst slice. But there are three slices in the middle that are actually doing kind of a different thing. Um, they're not just obviously better and worse. They, they are numerically. If you add up the total available influence and resources and all that mm-hmm. stuff, um, there is a best and then a worst slice. But the big difference is uh, Turtle's Paradise, which is the one I would most assume I would end up in if the slices were balanced that way is a pretty normally even slice like it has just about as many resources as it has influence and then daddy warbucks is almost all resources and the green uh position which is gash father part three is almost all influence so you actually end up making really different types of decisions in these three positions right uh, because now i'm starting to think about what am i actually thinking i might end up with right i'm third pick uh the four best factions have not been banned yet. None of them have been banned. Am I worried about them, or do I think there's a chance I could end up with one of them? No, I don't, because I've got two people also picking factions before me. So any really right. great factions I let through right now aren't getting to me, and they're just getting put into somebody else's hands. So my big thing I have to start thinking about is, what slice do I actually want to try to end up in, and how do I want to deal with that? Um, so, so with that all in mind... I think I'm generally most afraid of either Nalu or Klanisar, right? Like, we just need to, we need to bite that bullet. We got to get that done. And if anything, I think Sar is the scariest thing because I, who knows what's going to happen. I mean, Sar, if, if Sar were left in this draft, blue or purple might get it. And if I, for mm-hmm. some reason, end up in yellow or whatever, then uh, I, I'm, I'm maybe actually close enough to Sar for that to be a problem. So I think I'm going to ban Sar. Yeah. What's interesting about the spot that you just did is you sort of are in a position of not actually getting to pick your slice a little bit, right. unless you're one of those weird people that think Lil Brudder isn't that bad, right. which you might be. You There's, might decide well, like... The prevailing line of thought there is maybe Yellow's not that much better than Lil Brudder, and at least with Lil Brudder, I get second strategy card pick. I can way more rely. I can I can plan out a, a, a solution. I can plan a faction out because I'll know probably what strategy card I'm going to get if I if I go for that. So I, I kind of do get that. Like you know I'm going to pick Little Brother over um, Yellow over mm-hmm. Turtles Paradise. But who, yeah, you you're right though that that player number three really is has no idea yet what what slice they're going to end up in because there's lots of people going before them. Right. Right. Um, okay, and then now we are uh, on fourth player, which is me. Um, I I like this position because there's a lot of I have a lot of slice options. I'm going to get to choose between two of the mid tier slices, and then like a little brother if I decided I wanted to do that. But we haven't banned. We still haven't banned Nalu or Jolnar, and at this point. I don't feel like I can risk not kind of falling in line, basically. And yeah. I I think if I was actually playing in the tournament, I would probably have like a Nalu must be banned. Um, and if it doesn't, if it looks like there's even a world where Nalu makes it through. Because yeah. right now, in all likelihood, one of the top four m- might make it through. Because right. literally everybody would have to do everything exactly perfect in order for right. the top four to completely right. not make it the through. Big so question- I'm just going to... 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, go, go, you, you're saying you're going to maybe do Nalu. And I think the big question, too, that this person considers is what slice am I most likely to end up in? And what is if if a best faction gets through, it's going to go over to blue, probably blue or purple. Yes. Now, I can engineer a situation where I'm sitting opposite of them and they aren't a big issue to me. But right. who which which of those big factions am I more comfortable with being on the table and not me not having uh, have to deal with? And who do I not? And and I think Nalu is the right pick there because it's like, you know what? Nalu can just win regardless of my interest level in them or my right. ability to do anything about them or whatever. Nalu is just such a wild card in their ability to win the game that, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense to me to, to, right. to well, toss and, them out. And also just to like kind of even go further on that, I am the first one numerically that is sitting in a spot where, yeah, there's three of the top four here, but I literally can't get them. Yes. Like, you right, know what I mean? Right. Even if they stay in, they are all there's going to be three to people you. that pick. Yeah. Yeah. What is most uh, threatening? Basically. None of these are going to end up in my hand. So there's no reason for me to let the really good ones go through yeah. really at all. Right. So I ban Nalu. Yeah. Uh, so next up is me, player number five. Um, I am going to get first pick of the mid-tier slices. Because my the big assumption is that player six is going to take best one. Sometimes they don't, and we'll probably do a draft where we decide to act a little crazy. Um, yep. But for this one, we're kind of assuming the most basic of behavior. And so my big assumption is player number uh, six is going to take the best one. But I don't have to take Gashfather part three. So I'm looking at the factions that are starting to be available, and I'm thinking about what's going to even possibly make it to me and what my big threats are. You know, if we're talking about a uh, uh, soul and Jolnar being a big issue, what do I, what am I most worried about getting rid of? Um, I I think for me, I don't... I'm leaning towards Jolnar, but I'm trying to come up with a situation of what slice might I actually meant end up in. Because the big thing is, I, I get whatever I... I can take whatever I want. I just won't have a very good choice of faction. There's going to be lots right. more factions gone before it gets to me. Um, yeah. Can I throw something out here yeah. real quick? Um, I, we, d- we did one warm up mock draft before we started and I was in your, po- this almost exact position. Mm-hmm. And what I ended up deciding was I'm not going to ban Joel Nar because I'm going to force the next player right. to not even get a, a ban. Right. It really comes down to be like, well, am I threatened by soul? Do I feel threatened by a soul player? Uh, if soul is in blue, I don't think I'm that threatened by soul. Soul in blue is like not the greatest thing in the world. It's, it, it can do fine. It can do well. Um, but it's I have the ability to make that the opposite side of the, it's almost definitely going to be the opposite side of the map from me or at the very right. least the neighbor of my neighbor. So maybe soul soul is something I actually want to happen. Right. Because yeah. I want soul yeah. to encroach on the slice of the best one who is my other. If, if I decide to take green like I want to knock the best one down a peg and soul seems like a great way to do that. And I you want them to, to have to, to ban Jolnar. Here's here's the problem, though. I would be scared that Speakeasy would start thinking about grabbing Hakan and not Soul. Yeah, I mean Hakan's great. I, Mentak. There, there are certain players that are always just straight up worried about um, Hakan and Mentak in the same way that we we said our second player was worried about Necro. Right? Yeah. There's just like I don't want to mess with that. There are plenty of pa- players that are just like I don't want to mess with Hakan. I don't want to mess with Mentak. Um, I'm not feeling that right now, though. I think actually I, I, I am kind of feeling the Hakan thing. That's the biggest thing right now yeah. is I'm not yeah. going to get a great faction and I really don't want a Hakan on the other side of the table. Maybe I do want Hakan on the other side of the table. I don't like that. That makes them maybe likely to trade with me, but I, I think I'm just going to go with a gut and I'm going to get, I'm going to throw out Hakan and so then you're banning Hakan. accepting that soul is probably going to get in this game, but that soul will hopefully apply pressure to the player in the best one. Yeah. 
So, um, yeah, what's interesting about this is now I am player six, and I do feel like this works in that I feel like I am forced to ban Jolnar. Yeah. Because even if... It's interesting because you're saying, like, oh, like, Soul might really mess me up, like, because I'm going to be the player sitting at the best one. It's still not worth it to me to let that player have Jolnar instead. I would yeah. still... I would rather contend with Soul than have Jolnar in the game, I right. think. right. Personally, I mean, I don't know. Do you do you see any reason that I would let Speakeasy have Jolnar? No, like, I, I don't think so. Nah. I don't think it's worth it. Jol, Jolnar I, it, it, it makes really too many make gains off of just existing. So I, I yeah. yeah, I do not think it's worth so it. So I ban Jolnar, basically. Okay. So and then now it's your turn. Now to we're going to go in reverse order, and I'm not I'm not doing anything fancy this time. I'm going for the best one. Okay, so it's my turn. Uh, they took the best one, obviously. I, I am now really, really having to consider, like, do I actually just want this green slice with a lot of influence, or or is there something else I'm needing to prepare to be up against? I'm going to be second to last pick of factions. Soul's going to get through. I'm assuming Soul's going to get picked before me. I look at things like L1 is probably going to get picked before me. They're still available, so I'm yeah. I, that's that's not an option. Right, right. Um, is Sorrel, Mentak, Extra, Ghosts all jump out to me as things that might get picked before come me, but it's way. really, Yin, really hard Yin to might tell. Yin might get picked. Uh, yeah, I, any of those things like could end up being mine. So I need to pick kind of like the most versatile approach. To be honest with you, man, I'm making the argument for putting myself in yellow first, just because at the very least, it's like a pretty fair slice. If If I'm picking this late in the order... Do I really have any idea if I'm going to be able to get a faction that can no survive with no get. influence no. or with no resources? I get it. I you have think, no idea what faction you're in. Yeah. I, I think, <laughs> if anything, I'm looking at this as like a, a, a map design flaw. I almost wish I had kind of boosted the numbers of this yellow slice and made yellow just a decently even thing, too. But no, I like I like that this decision is forced to Well, here, to can, I throw, can I throw out an alternate um, theory? Sure. Um, I think, personally, if I was in your position... I might think about taking um, Green, the, the Gashfather, Gashfather Part 3. Um, Heavy influence. Because I don't think that there's another good yin slice, personally. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a Little Brother, maybe. Yeah, but Little Brother like might have... Yin. Little Brother's more likely to take Solar L1Z1X. Exactly. So I think if you take Gashfather, you could kind of gamble that you're going to get yin. Yeah. And then if you don't get yin... You'll probably get. Hmm. I think. I think what I'm gonna do is yeah, I'm gonna yeah. hold that line of logic for a future draft, and I'm gonna stick with my gut on this one, and I'm gonna yeah. pick that yellow slice. I'm gonna pick do Turtles it. Paradise just because I I want something a little bit reliable. Yeah. Okay. So now it is my turn. I'm player number four. Um, where do I? So I have to do kind of the same logic. I got a lot of choices. Um, I'm also going to assume that I'm not, I'm definitely not getting soul, probably not getting L1. Um, but there's only going to be one more pick before me. So who do I think they're going to pick? Maybe a Sarl may, but you know what? Totally. I already took the, I took the basic slice. The big thing you have to consider is, do you want resources or influence, you know? And, and, and based on the factions available to you, what could you do well in is the way I kind of think. You know, you, yeah, you have I, to lean I, into either an all resource or an all influence kind of thing. 
I kind of feel like in this setup, Daddy Warbucks looks a little stupid to me. Yeah. Because what faction is it that's just going to shine in Daddy Warbucks right. that we got here? Right. You know what I mean? Like, It's I like basically of, only maybe extra, and I don't even know if I consider extra something that shines, period. I don't, I don't yeah. know if that's where my head's at. So I'm going to take Gashfather Part 3. Yeah. Lean into the heavy see, influence and, 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 and hope for maybe a yin or hope for something... Something right. that can rely man, on, man, and that. I would, uh, man, this the way this is shaping up. I feel like you, the you, Matt, now have a real choice between Little Brother, yeah, and there, there's a there's Daddy a Warbucks. there's a real world where I I know I'm third faction pick. Is oh, that well? I have hmm. a I have a I have a pretty open slate to what I could pick, but do I want to just have? Do I want to have second strategy card pick instead? Do I want to take Little Brother solely so that I can be a decent thing there. It's it's a worse slice than than Daddy Warbucks, but Yeah, but I then think... you might put you might put L1 in Daddy Warbucks, which eh, I don't actually, love that. And if anything, no, I don't, I, don't I like being I don't mind being in Daddy Warbucks because I'm looking at it, I could be a Sarl, I could be extra, I could be Sardak, I could be Mentak. I think any of those factions will be okay. Even ghosts. Ghosts with that beta wormhole, I could I could play any of those factions in Daddy Warbucks and probably figure it out. Yeah. Uh, so I'm gonna do that. I'm I'm gonna take as as the uh, third player fourth slice pick. I'm taking Daddy Warbucks. Okay. So I am player number two. Um, I am not gonna do something dumb like take Speakeasy. Right. I don't want to. Well. So let's see. If I took if I took Speakeasy, you would be handing speaker token, or you would you would be hand. Yeah, you'd be picking last. I'd be picking last. Is the thing that's that's the bad part. You know you're picking. You know that. you're picking. Uh, you know that yeah, white no, is the no, speaker. No. There's, you, there's, that's the there's big thing. No, I, yeah, I have to get that second pick. Yep. Nothing else code. matters anymore. And then yeah. of course, uh, player number one speaker is left with speakeasy. So we are now all in our positions, and it's time to pick factions uh, for those positions. Which means I now go first. I am the speaker. I know mm-hmm. I'm going to get my first pick of strategy card. I'm getting my, my faction pick right now. Uh, and I'm looking at things, and I'm seeing that there's a world where Soul can just have instant access to Warfare round one, and that looks really juicy to me. Um, I don't know the objectives or anything yet, but uh, the ability to take my slice and then maybe Warfare the token off of Cornique Resculon and go take yep. Barragler to four yep. before whoever is in best it's one potent. can get it is a pretty big deal. And that's hyper aggressive, but my thinking is speakeasy. That's the game you play. You're you're in the aggressive slice. You got to go do. If you're gonna just try to turtle and speakeasy, you're going to lose because everybody has more stuff than you. So mm-hmm. why why waste your time? You got to make bold moves. So I'm gonna pick the Federation of Soul for speakeasy. Yeah, yeah, I like it. I like it. Um, so I'm player number two, uh, who is. The guy that I've decided is kind of weird at this table because he did he did ban Necro just <laughs> right. arbitrarily. I wonder, Matt, if there's an argument for taking Mentak right now instead of not taking L1. Well, instead being like I like this wormhole right red here. Sk- red skip is kind of fun. You could you could opt for a War Sun uh, Mentak. I don't think that's what you Hunter would would aim for. But no, uh, but <laughs> it's but it is possible. Yeah. In fact, it's it's something I feel like right now I could kind of lean into the chaos of it, because the thing is, this is also the only the only slice where I would play ghosts at this table, basically. Right. right. Um, maybe Daddy Warbucks, but I don't feel like with like what I'm looking at, 
Is it even going to be much of a trade game though? Let's. There's going to be Souls got four commodities. Um, extra Ghosts, will if they're probably in, get in. Extra or Ghost will have four. Asara will have three. Yin will have three. Sardek will have three. It'll be fine. It's not like all yeah. dumpster commodities left. Yeah, I kind of feel like I would take Mentech at this point. I don't feel like I can justify it very good right now, but it does it does make sense. It just makes more sense to me than than L one. That wormhole I feel like thing. I can kick the yeah. It's really just the wormhole makes me feel like positionally I could do a lot of damage as Mentech. I'm going to be able to pillage. Yep. I could pillage right away. Um, the best one and the Gashfather, right? Basically, which yeah, that's too worth it. That's too worth it. Okay. I'm taking Mentech. All right. I'm the next one to pick. I put myself in uh, Daddy Warbucks. I've got lots mm-hmm. of resources, but basically no influence. My options for factions right now are Arborek, Muat, Ghosts of Creus, L1Z1X, Sardak Nor, the Winu, Excha, Yin, and Isarl. And if I'm mm-hmm. looking at all of that, who do I think benefits the most from just sheer dollars. I'm a little bit blown away that Hunter didn't pick L1Z1X. And, yeah. and and I definitely don't want either of my neighbors to be L1Z1X. That seems like threatening. Can, can I, and can I can I afford some... lots of dreadnoughts with my yeah. lots of money. Can I throw out some logic real quick? Sure. I, I, and I probably should have I probably should have said this. Sure. I feel like L1 is n- going to suck in Daddy Warbucks. And here's why. Mm. You're in, you, you have no influence on your home system. Yeah. At all. Yeah. You just have five dollars. Yep. So all you have is dollars. Your round one influence situation is you have one influence in Quan. Yep. That's it. End of story. Yep. End of talk, basically. Right. And I just I feel like that's a really big hurdle, really big handicap. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Now if, it could if we... bite me in the butt because I feel like where L1 might end up now is gonna be wild, but Yeah. I I think my gut reaction is to to stick with taking L1 and and just plan on getting command counters elsewhere i'll just try to take leadership as i mean i'm fourth pick there's a pretty real chance i can start with leadership um if i maybe in in daddy warbucks i'm the fourth to pick strategy card nobody else might take leadership before me so i could at least start by compensating with that um and even if i don't you know i can take politics and get leadership next turn so i'm gonna take l1 and uh and see how they survive in daddy warbucks yeah yeah i think i think l1 is a faction that could just sit in daddy warbucks as a slice and turtle a little bit and then strike out late game and maybe pull things off. Maybe be okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, so now I am a fourth player. I'm sitting in uh, the gash father. Um, I have the, the picks I'm really considering are uh, Isarl, Yin, Muat even. Yeah. Gash father. Muat and can, can pull some stuff. That's kind of, yeah, I'm not really, cons- the, the, the rest are like, well, there's Winu and Arborek, of course. Right. Ghost, Sardak, and Extra. Um, I'm feeling so. What's interesting is if I take y- if if I don't take Yin, I bet nobody really takes Yin. Although Yin isn't horrible. Yin in can the best do just one. fine in best one. Yin can honestly yeah. do not horrible in Turtles Paradise. It's not perfect. It's not a great setup for them, but it's it's certainly not I, the end of the world. I think it's a poor. I think it's a poor setup yeah. for them. Yeah. They, they don't have enough mobility to make that work. They don't have any zero like. or one. They have no two influence planets, so that gets annoying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so for me, really, right now, it's probably between Isarl and Yin, maybe Muai, if I'm feeling spicy. Yeah. Um, I think I'm going to go with Yin, though. I think it's a good Yin slice. I yeah. like it. Yeah. Um, all right. So next up is the person who took that wild choice to take Turtles Paradise second instead of something with m- more 
sheer dollars. Um, so this this one is a balanced slice. I have a green skip. Uh, my options are Isarl, Exchess, Sardak, Ghosts, Arborek, and Winu. Um, I have that weird gravity rift in between me and L1Z1X now. Am I, I'm kind of worried about L1. Are they going to encroach on me, or am I just going to never be able to take their stuff? I'm kind of almost already considering maybe I'm going to do my support for the throne swap with L1Z1X, because I just don't want that to be an issue all game. Which right. means, okay, I'm looking at Mentak as a possible direction to expand in. They've got... Uh, if I go that direction, I can get a second industrial and then New Albion Star Point, or I mean Arnor Lore. Arnor Lore are two industrial plants. I could get four of the same trait if that objective came up. Um, so who is a faction that could maybe pull some aggression and could benefit from a green skip? Um, and I'm I'm leaning a little bit towards maybe ghosts, maybe Sardak Nor. Maybe Asarl. Those are those are my three, my top threes right now uh, for for this Turtles Paradise pick. It's funny that I didn't pick the Turtles, um, but I, I I don't. I mean, that would be one response to the L1Z1X, right? Is be equally defensive, but sure. I don't think that gets me as far because the one issue with Turtles Paradise is it's kind of one of the worst setups in terms of achieving uh, tech skips in addition to planet trait stuff. So if those control objectives come up, I'm in kind of a tough spot to to accomplish them. Um, yeah. So I would rather be something with a little bit of get up and go power. Um, the man, the situation between these slices down here is going to be really tenuous because yeah. we've got Yin and L one as neighbors, and everybody's going to want to to support right. swap with L one. Yep. Like Yin is going to want to support swap with L one. Yep. You know uh, what? Here, here's what I'm thinking then. If if I can't guarantee guarantee a support swap, the the one thing I can can aim for, and I don't have great tech skips for it. But Sardak Nor, if I can get extra Trireme 2s, those those L1Z1X Dreadnoughts aren't as big of a threat to me. I can just wipe them That's out. That's a good point. Um, a and good point. I and it gives me the ability to choose some mobility. I could go get that blue skip if I wanted. Blue green as my two skips are pretty That's awesome. Nice. Um, I if if I can go take Thiba before Mentak does or whatever, and maybe I can maybe I can pull off that fight. I think I'm gonna take Sardak in Turtles Paradise, which feels a little wild, but. I feel like I was left with almost no other options. Yeah, it got we got weird there. I like that we've already gotten weird even on the first mock yeah. draft. Um, so I'm picking last. I'm the sixth player. Um, I'm in the best one, and my choices are Isarl, Ghost, Extra, Muat, and then those two bad ones <laughs> um, that I'm not gonna pick. Uh, Isarl is the strongest yeah. of those four. Um. There's a super clean path for Extra to, to park next to Mechatol. That Barragler to four adjacent to Mechatol. Yeah. Drop a space dock. Lots of production. Have the flagship there. You've got lots of money to afford it. You've got a yellow skip. Yeah. You've got plenty of influence that they need. I think My only concern is that I might need the wiggle room of Muat or Isarl because I'm probably going to get some early soul aggression. Mm-hmm. And Yin is also... I'm stuck in between two people that are good at fighting me on the ground, which feels like... But could you shoot them out of the sky with PDS? Or you're saying uh, you think so, they might supersede that? I mean, Yin with see, their, what I'm with saying their is, devotion is, destroyers could really ruin your flagship's day. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, I feel like I need something stronger than Extra. I feel like two... Mm -hmm. I, I feel like Extra is like... Because I'm last... Well, and what's nice, that, that does mean I'm going to start with construction and just go ahead and likely get ahead. Right with the PDS. I'm just afraid of soul 
making a move on Barrick Lerda four. And if I'm playing as extra, it's like, how am I going to remove them? Right. You know, like, yeah. And then, yeah, I don't know. I, this is tough. This is really tough. I don't like being in between yin <laughs> yeah. and salt. Like that <laughs> yeah, is, ground, ground that force is not problem. cool. I don't, I, I'm going to put the argument that I don't think a sorrel's the get then because the, you definitely don't have anything to deal with ground forces. I mean, like you're going to go down green tech, I just, but you're not going to get like Daxit. You're not doing any of that stuff. You're getting all the other green tech. Yeah, you could get x89 late game, but that seems oh, a dumb not. thing to roll No, that's on. ridiculous. That's Mua ridiculous. actually feels like a actually not a bad pick because if you can just bombard all their infantry off planets, you don't have to deal with that. But the the war sons are also susceptible to that devotion so but you yep. could have i don't know i don't know that's a, that's a really tough one for me uh i would i would go with extra or uh, muat that yellow yeah. skip is more helpful for extra than it is muat yeah that's that's and i and certain. and i'm really susceptible to that bearing glitter for space dot now you're right that soul might take bear glitter for and i might never get it back from them <laughs> like i i might yeah, never just like, be able to get that i don't know how that. i'm going to i don't know how like if I was Mua, I'm like, all right, I got a War Sun. I can probably keep Berrigan Lord of Four. Yeah. But then Berrigan Lord of Four is, I mean, it's still useful. That's a really strong but... argument, honestly. If if so, if Soul is going to threaten some aggression to take Berrigan Lord of Four early, your best answer to that is, well, I'm moving my War Sun out to uh, directly adjacent to Berrigan Lord of Four. And if you Case have any intention of sticking around on Berrigan Lord of Four, the move the the War Sun's coming in next turn. So, you know, that that can be your you know shake a big stick kind of thing of like don't come I, in here because i'll deal with it whereas extra like, doesn't have that answer no and 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 i think the world where extra where soul is here and extra gets to put their space dock on barrig it just gets taken that's not gonna happen yep like that's it and it might it might happen late but it's not gonna right. happen quickly right if it had been any other it, faction if it had been any literally any other faction in speakeasy I would have gone extra, but actually, I can't I see believe the point. I'm saying it. I'm, yeah. I'm picking Muat. <laughs> I love can't it. Can't believe I'm saying it. All right. So, so again, so the game that we just ended up with is the Federation of Soul and Speakeasy, the Mentak Coalition and Little Brother, Sardak Nor in Turtles Paradise, L1Z1X in Daddy Warbucks, uh, Yin Brotherhood in Gashfather Part Three, and the Embers of Muat in the best one. Crazy. I dig it. I dig it a yeah. lot. So let's yeah. let's do the next thing we promised. Let's let's see now. Just let's see what gets us into the next round. We're gonna reveal two publics and just see how everyone feels. Things shook out for this first uh, for this first draft. So our first public objective is intimidate the council two adjacent to Mechatol Rex, and our second one is two unit upgrades. So a little bit of area control and a little bit of tech. Uh, everybody but Sardak Nor is excited. Sardak Nor is super mad. Yeah, two unit Sardak, upgrades. This sucks. Sardak Nor is not going to win this game. <laughs> right. All right. Well, I've got that blue and green skip. If I can, my, sure. my new my new goal as Sardak Nor is lock down Fibba and get blue green skips because mm-hmm. then I can take you know I I can I can get those two upgrades. I can do that. I can get infantry two and carrier two. Right. That that actually isn't that big of a deal. It's not going to happen by like round three. You know, it might happen exactly in round three, but it's it's yeah, it's, it's going to be hard. But now let's we've seen these two objectives. Soul is up first, um, and Soul is sticking with their plan. Uh, Warfare seems pretty good. Uh, I could even I could pretty easily get two adjacent to Mechatol Rex and score that point, and I can make deals with Embers of like, hey, I'm going to go park above Baraglutifor, but then I am going to bail, but I'm getting I'm going there so that I can have two adjacent to Mechatol, or I could right. redivert my plan and go get in um, in Arnor Lore in the way of Mentak if I want, if if Muat starts to freak me out too much. So uh, Soul is going to take Warfare. Yeah, definitely makes sense. 
Um, Mentac, I think, I think Mentac wants tech. Probably. I would say tech or trade here. Tra trade is a trade. way to get on the on a good foot with these people. You know, if you're going to send something through the alpha to go do stuff with Yin and Muat, mm. uh, Muat is your only four, I mean, Soul and Muat are your only four commodities. Uh, what's factions. interesting here is if, if I don't take trade, I feel like Sardak does is going to take trade and vice and versa Sardak is not going to trade in such a way to where i can really pillage off of it right so i'm not going to get any extra money if i don't take trade now and Sardak is definitely going to want to take tech if i leave them tech yeah there's an there's an element here that we're missing of people negotiating this with actual other players there's a world here where mentech starts talking to yin and muwa and is like hey can we make a thing happen if i send a cruiser through the alpha and can can mm -hmm. can we work together on this? And and we have no idea what that would play out like. So so a whole negotiation would happen here before we actually know what like the perfect pick for Mentac nah, but is. I I, th I think the safe play in this spot yeah. is trade. Yeah. Uh, Sardagnor 100% is taking tech. No, there's yep. no other option in my mind. Yep. I got, I'm I'm super happy to see that make it to me. Was not expecting that, and we'll we'll jump at the opportunity. Mm -hmm. uh, next I just up, didn't want you to have trade. Yeah. I think would you have picked trade if I had picked tech? Uh, if you'd taken tech, it would have been either trade or um, politics. I, I would have maybe talked through. Do I want politics here? Politics into technology next round. Well, and and well, okay. Here's I'll I'll go even further. For this to be a good round one for Mentech. Yeah. Um, to not take trade, right. I would need trade to make it all the way to Yin or Yeah, Mulan. Yeah, your big thing and is your Mentech. You have one carrier, you don't have gravity drive, and your two planets adjacent to you are single planet systems. You are getting almost no planets round one, which means you just need yep. to get money somewhere else round one. Yep. I think it that's sucks. the strongest argument. You you have to send that cruiser somewhere to make some friends because yep. you're, you're not getting any other planet progress this round. Yep. Yeah, Mentech um, was probably a, bit, a poor choice here. In this actually. slice. Oh, yeah, we'll see. Brother. Well, we won't see, but <laughs> whatever. Um, all right, so now I've, I've done my Sardak, but now I'm also L1 in Daddy Warbucks. Uh, and I told myself leadership was probably a necessary thing. I could do politics, but if I leave politics for Yin, I might be able to buy that token off of yin for something i might i might right. be able to do some sort of promise so i i want to i want to not hurt myself too bad and i'm just going to go ahead and pick leadership and and build up a little safe um safety bet safety net for for my influence yeah and i am just surprised that politics made it this far and yeah. i'm gonna take it but <laughs> uh, i guess it made sense because l1 had such a need for yep for, for, leadership. for the leadership yeah yeah. There's an argument where I could have taken politics, not sold the speaker token to um, Sardak, and taken leadership next turn. Sure. Um, I could I could have thought that through a bit more, and maybe I would have gone with that. But I'm you know I'm just kind of. But also, this has already I, been 47 minutes, so it, let's just go it, with leadership. <laughs> oh, has it really? Oh my god. Um, well, I, I I will say this: in the situation that you have picked, you might get speaker token. I could still and get leadership, leadership again right now. Yep. So you could be absolutely ahead. still yeah. really save my command counter economy in the early game. Right. Which you're probably going to need. Yep. Oh, and uh, Muat. Muat takes um, yeah. construction. There's right no right reason now. to do Diplo in the best one. It, it's actually not a good Diplo slice for anyone right. who's going to even try to make the Diplo argument. Um, mm -hmm. And construction is is not too bad. Um, getting some early PDS, if anything, I think makes yep. a lot of sense. If, would, if would Soul's going to be really... continue to be a, a thorn in your side, if you just drop two PDS in the middle of your slice, you might be all right. Cool. All right, that was our first. We did it. That's the first uh, one. That was a long one. We're gonna do some more, but we're gonna do them much, much quicker. Um, yeah, now that you get you, you get the logic, we're, we don't have to talk through. I think the rest as much. We kind of just want to see now how a bunch of things play out. I think we're gonna actually kind of do some speed rounds now. All right, so we have a new uh, new order. Um, I'm gonna be the first player this time, and we we kind of last time we did like back and forth, back and forth. Now it's a little bit messier. Um, 
but I'm playing the first player, so I am the guy that needs to that needs to ban the seventh best. And yeah. I really like Barony or L1, I think, for this just in general. And last time we we did Barony, so I think this time I'm gonna do L1, basically. Yeah, yeah, just get rid of something pretty good. And pretty good standard or Hakan. It's it's either yeah. Barony L1 or Hakan. But and there's actually, always a chance that you could end up with Hakan. That's true. And this is a slice where Hakan could save you. Hakan could save and, you from from having a trouble in this slice. And I don't really want to be Barony or L1 in right. Speakeasy. I don't I think I think Barony and L1 do pretty poorly here, but Hakan would actually kind of Hakan get, and get you out. Soul are like I think your targets. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna ban L1. That's a really Done. I think that's a really smart thing you just said. I, I super dig that. Speakeasy is aiming for Hakan or Soul. They really Hakan hope that that happens. If if neither of those two are options, it gets a little dicier. But those two are like, oh, I can I can do just fine here if if that happens. Um, all right, next up, you're you're also player number two, Hunter. Oh yes. Um, so I'm sitting at little brother. So I am kind of wanting to ban. I'm thinking about what Speakeasy might get. Um, Barony is still in, so I didn't really get counterpicked there. I would like to be Barony right. and little brother. So I'm not going to ban Barony. Yeah. That would be cool if I get that. Um, so actually considering the logic we just had, yeah. you know what I might do? I agree with this completely. <laughs> I might get soul out already. Even though they're a top four. I mean, I could see the Hakan decision as well here. Cause you think you, you could think somebody else is going to get rid of soul. And at the very least you can get rid of a, a problem Hakan, but maybe you're of the mentality that like, you know what? Hakan could just help make me money. I don't know. Yeah. And I also don't know for sure that I'm going to get barony. Right. You know what I mean? That's like true. it's, this is, I have a lot of uncertainty right now. But one thing, and I just feel like because there's a precedent of this. Well, doesn't doesn't soul make doesn't soul do well in Little Brother too though? I mean, the highway to Mechatol. If you, yeah, if, if there's a I, world but, where you could end up with soul, maybe maybe you just don't believe that would ever happen. I, I just don't believe it right yeah. now. I don't believe it, and I've got too much uncertainty. Okay. And if I if and, and I'm saying like what I want yeah. right now at this player, and this player's maybe being a little too arbitrary. <laughs> um, but what I want is to be Barony and Little Brother. And if I'm Barony Little Brother, I'd rather deal with Hakan and Speakeasy instead of Soul and Speakeasy. Okay. So I'm going to ban Soul. All right. Uh, next up, player number three. Player number three is now... Well, so one of the things has been taken off. Soul. There's a little bit less pressure for me to ban a top three because there's three yes. more players going after me. They they got rid of the Soul problem. Um, am I the type of player that's worried about Hakan or Mentak? Do I care about either of those two? Um my average assumption is that I'm going to end up in Turtles Paradise. Obviously, that wasn't true last time. Um, but being in Turtles Paradise, uh, Mentak could be okay for me. That's usually another like problematic faction that people are like, I don't want to see Mentak in this game. But I could be that person in this game, picking third. Um, so I don't want to ban Mentak. Um, I think oh, I don't. I don't want to just like do another draft where we get rid of Necro because then we'll never get to see it. But I, I think it actually is pretty true that Necro is a is a top tier ban. And there's a good chance that either I'm in Daddy Warbucks or I'm adjacent. There's 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 a one third chance I'm in Daddy Warbucks, and there's You're a two thirds chance I'll be adjacent Necro. to Daddy Warbucks. I right. want to not deal with Necro. I will ban. Wow. Necro. Oh dear. Okay. So that was that was. I think this has been pretty wild thus far mm -hmm. because the problem is now we've got Nalu and Jolnar and Sar. Yep. You gotta still you in. gotta get rid of them. So yeah. what I'm saying is the t the three of you have already messed this up for the rest of us. Right and now I don't I like if I was at this table I would be very annoyed and I would be like <laughs> well okay I guess I just have to ban Nalu yep. and I don't really have a choice. Right. 
Right. And then I have to hope the rest of you aren't idiots. I have basically. To, yeah, I hope the rest of us play ball. Well, uh, I definitely think. Um, let's see. If I'm if I'm picking a second slice, uh, you know, there's a good chance I'm ending up in Gashfather or Daddy Warbucks. Or again, it's that situation where I can pick whatever I want, but I won't be best one. Um, so there's a world where I don't want to. Like, I'm, maybe I'm okay with Sar. I, I want oh I want yellow. God. Well, here, no, no. Here's the thing. I want white to have to ban Sar. I don't. I don't need to help oh, white sure, out sure. by banning Sar because blue is probably who's going to get Sar. So blue will be adjacent to the best one. I would love for Sar to eat up the best one. Yeah, Maybe. I want to reiterate though that that the factions we banned thus far: L one, Soul, Necro, and Nalu. Yep. Jolnar and Sar are both still in. Yes. Yeah. So so basically, if you do some sort of like I'm putting the best one in a weird situation, right. you might be letting in. Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to roll the two. dice. Well, and especially because I'm picking next two anyway. Like I, me as two different people are picking next. Um right. but I'm 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 going to ban Jolnar cuz I do still think Jolnar is a major threat, but if if the best one wants to let Sar through cuz they're crazy and and have a penchant for their own destruction, then that's up to them. But oh, now I see what you're saying. Okay. I'm going 6th. I'm I'm assuming I'm I know I'm going to get the best one. I'm picking the best slice and I certainly don't want Sar to be a thorn in my side because yeah. they, they would just literally abandon their slice and come into mine. I cannot let that happen. So Sar is gone. So our bands were L1, Soul, Necro, Nalu, Jolnar, and Sar. Pretty similar to last time. What, we swapped out Barony for L1 and that's it? Yeah. You and I are maybe too same. predictable. <laughs> I don't know if this is exactly the bands every time. Well, let's, let's. I mean, four of them are predictable. Next, next time we're going to get weird. Yeah, next time we're going to get weird, and we should assign each other weird personalities. Yeah, yeah. All right, but um, let's 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 keep going. Uh, speed round. I'm obviously taking best one. Um, next person gets second to last pick. I don't want to do what I did last time, just because I don't want to follow that same run of logic. Um, uh, looking at the things that could happen to me, you know what? I'm going to play as Matt Martin's here, and Matt Martin's believes that influence is the most important thing at the table, and that you can yep. find ways around so you're getting money. Um, there's also a Hakan still out there. There's a chance that Hakan makes it to the table uh, because mm-hmm. they didn't get banned, which means if I if I play my cards right, I can make money off of Hakan. So I want a faction with good commodities um, that can make money, and and I want to park in uh, Gashfather Part Three. So I'm going to do that. I'm 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 aiming for something with decent commodities where I'm a good trade partner for Hakan. Okay. Um, so now it's me. Um, I have a lot of choices actually right now. This is kind of a toughie. Yeah. Uh, cause I could go to Turtles Paradise. I could go to Daddy Warbucks. Um, Daddy Warbucks, huh? Daddy Warbucks could be really strange. Daddy Warbucks scares me because I don't like low influence slices. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's something with you it. and I that is just a thing. And, and I think yeah. there's plenty of other players that are like, I'm, I'm good with it. I'm fine. I, and ne- Necro's out. Um, not gonna get Hakan if I pick Daddy Warbucks. I'm. I think I might skip it. Skip and go straight for Turtles Paradise. Okay. Looking at the factions that we have left, I, and also I have like a decently high level of uncertainty yep. as you far get, as what I'm gonna get end up with. Order. I'd, I'd rather rather go for Turtle. Yeah. I think this is part of this map is that the the these these three middle uh, slices are certainly not. Um, as simple to to define it really comes down to the player preference i think a lot of people want to make the argument that yellow is is the best of the three and i don't think that's a bad argument i i, I wouldn't right. put i wouldn't put up a fight against that because there's the other two are so specific right um so now i'm i'm uh the third pick player the fourth to do a slice and i i have to look at everything and go do i want to do daddy warbucks or do i want to get second pick in speaker order 
Right. Um, and go to. Little however, brother. if I take, if I do that, if I let's say I took little brother, do I open up a situation where the next person to go actually takes speakeasy over uh, Daddy Warbucks? Probably not. Right. That would be crazy. I don't know. It could be. They would be handing what's, speaker what's, what's to the like other the side of the th- table. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that would be that would be nuts. But. Yeah, I don't I, I don't think I'm actually afraid of that. I think um I think it's kind of a safe bet to take but but if I take little brother right now and hope for a good strategy card, I'm not getting a very good pick of faction. Um but I might be able to block the barony in little brother by being there myself. Someone else might take barony. Now am I afraid of barony in getting in Daddy Warbucks? In Daddy Warbucks? I don't think that freaks me out. A barony with just lots more money. They already have lots of money. They already have a are lot of money. Are they the biggest? Are they the biggest threat in the world? See, this was kind of my logic with like getting L one to yeah. have to pick Daddy Warbucks. Because right. I was like, well, what? What do I care? L one already starts a lot of yeah. resources, and in fact, if anything, I'd rather them have a whole bunch of resources and no influence. Right. Trying the, to figure the, out that. The situation. last big question, though, is I mean, it's a bad start in Little Brother. Those those yep. two single planet systems adjacent no to home is is no not good. good. And also coupled with your faction pick, like uh, uh, yeah, I'm I don't fourth know. pick. Can I survive with like not a great you know choice here? You know, and I'm, I mean the top the top three right now are Hakan, yeah. Barony, and like I'm gonna I'm gonna quit messing around. I'm not that threatened by Barony as the neighbor of my neighbor. Yeah. And I need to just rely. I need to get something that will be more reliable than what little brother will be. So I will I will take the correct choice <laughs> of daddy warbucks hunter yeah um i am player number two and i'm i'm gonna keep it simple and go for little brother brother i'm basically forced to yep and then player number one and then player number one just stuck in speakeasy yep all right um, so it's faction time yeah uh so i'm player number one i think my choices are basically hakan and barony um and i think it's just it's just got to be hakan hakan is too solid of a slice and i and i did it yeah. i engineered you, it yeah I got, you, you got the i got one of my two targets right and i you know had very little say in it yeah um second pick uh again like i kind of got exactly got what, what i said wanted. i wanted which was little brother with uh barony yeah. so there you go yeah i think that engineered works. some stuff this time so good. third pick daddy warbucks uh i need i i have lots of money oh wait hold up hold holding, up holding up I did not anticipate Mentak making it this far, and now you, I could pick to be Mentak in Little Brother. You just made this. You just made this decision last draft, and you said, "Ooh, actually, maybe I don't love Mentak in this slice, though." Keep that. But in mind. this is this is different. I don't think it's. Oh, you're just saying next to Hakan. Ha, ne- I'm next to Hakan. Yeah. I can go through the Alpha. I can pillage. My pillage could get off the chain nuts yeah oh dude uh, i don't know man i think you're talking yourself too much into mentech it'd be the same yeah and, be the and same i'm not gonna I'm, I'm not i'm not gonna do it because it's the same thing that i did this last time yeah. but i think there could but it's, it's worth pointing out that option there that based on how everything shook out mentech might have wanted to end up in the same slice solely because of the player position of who's yeah. next to them less less yeah. about everything else it was going to be a yeah. situation where they could make some real money again maybe yeah um, i just right. don't want it to be too similar so yeah, yeah. let's let's move uh forward, daddy but. warbucks parked in a lot of money um i know x is a pretty common pick here for daddy warbucks for daddy um, warbucks i i don't like that i think extra actually needs the influence more than they just need a lot of money um mm-hmm. the, the idea with a with a high resource extra is you definitely can get that flagship out really quickly 
But what I've noticed in Daddy Warbucks is sometimes getting the position of that flagship can kind of be difficult uh, because you have trouble moving around as much because you don't have as many command counters. Um, so I don't I don't love that. Um, the rest of my money could be used with Isarl or Yin. Um, obviously not like a picturesque Yin slice, but I could potentially take Wellen for at least one opportunistic uh, indoctrination planet. Um, outside of that, Asarl doesn't really need tech skips, so the lack of tech skips doesn't hurt my feelings. Uh, and money certainly can help me get plastic on the board, which I think I as a player tend to suffer with as a sorrow i just forget to get the, the plastic down and maybe i can build up a situation where i get the command counters later i'm i'm almost definitely going to get hyper metabolism pretty quickly so right. i i think i can make up for the influence problem by being a sorrow with a high influence hostess home system and a high likelihood of getting hyper metabolism early that is that those are some good thoughts right there yeah. i like that um yeah that i did not expect you to pick that and but the logic you used is really really solid all right, so I'm uh, I'm in Turtles Paradise, um, and my the factions I'm considering are. Oh, you know what though? I kind of want Mentak here, don't I? <laughs> you, what we're learning about Hunter today is he actually is like really kind of into playing Mentak in a tournament. I have this weird like <laughs> Mentak. Thing I've never going seen you. On. I don't even think I've ever seen you play Mentak, but like you keep itching for it. Well, so I got a green skip. Sure. That's good. Yeah, that's great. Um, I is, could. I love this slice for Mentak. Yeah, I could park in the rift uh, and mm -hmm. do that business. Uh, which is Sarl, how much trading is going to happen? Well, three commodities. Action card trading action card between Hakan and Isarl. You betcha. They might do a lot of and trading where they have no trade goods. They might only be trading small levels of, of trade goods for, uh, for action cards. That's possible, but they're going to have to play. So so I'm considering Mentech. You I'm force considering them to play against it, yeah. Um, I don't want to play... What's so funny about Yin is I really feel like Yin is just going to get either just left over or the Gash Father is going to be like, I'm taking Yin. It's, yeah, the, it's always going to be Gash Father or Best One for Yin. That's yeah, my opinion. Those, yeah. Those two no, slices no are way. Yin slices. Even though, the, even though it's a good faction, there's yeah. like no way I could play with them right now. Yeah, because the thing um, is, Yin could do okay in Speakeasy, but Speakeasy, you always have something else on your mind. You're almost never going for Yin just because you're in like a weird different position. It's it's just not the place where you do it. I might consider Krius, uh for for Promissory Note faction, meaning... I'll probably get some Hakan action. Yeah, definitely. Um, ooh, I kind of like Krius right now. Yep. Yeah, and it's not it's not a slice with wormholes, which means you just open up the amount of places you can go through. Like if you get your wormholes dropped down early, if you focus mm -hmm. on getting your wormhole generator or your Krius IFF to get uh, wormholes down, you could very easily just be all over the map in the late game if you play it safe early. Which it's a safe slice to play early. I think you can just I think you can park and kind of chill for a minute and then find opportunities later. Here's my concern though. I am in a position where we I'm going to be playing a tournament game with a Hakan. Mm -hmm. And there's an Isarl in the game. Mm -hmm. So there's going to be a lot of trading happening probably between them and it could get really wild the trading that's sure. going on there. If I don't pick Mentak now, someone else might. No, I don't think anyone will. That's my fear. Is that they're well? What's not wrong with that though? Picked. If if you are if you are ghosts, you are the second most likely person to trade with Hakan. You and Asaro will get all the money. You could yeah, lock it all down. That's true, but I feel like in that situation, I'm afraid of Hakan more now. Is the problem? Okay. Um, but this is supposed to be faster, uh, and I think counter picking at this point would maybe be kind of silly because I don't know what else is going to happen. I'm going to go with ghosts because I think it's going to be the best for me yeah. right now. Yeah. In the turtles. Okay. 
Ghost and Turtles Paradise. Okay, my turn, and I am player number five. I'm in a heavy influence slice. Um, what did you pick last turn, uh, last time in this slice? You were the yin. Um, I could do yin again, um, but I don't specifically want to do that. Um, but man, that is, it's just such a good yin slice, huh? All that that influence is pretty awesome. And it's not good anywhere else. And I do feel like in this situation, if you don't take yin, then you're going to be sitting next to yin and the best one. Yeah. The only other two arguments are mentac. There's going to be so much trading at this table already. Um, so yeah, it's gonna take you a while to get there. Though. Um, Mentac. Well, I can jump through that. I don't know. Yeah, uh, the asteroid field is pretty annoying for Mentac too, because I'm I'm not yeah. really planning to go blue tech. Um, Xcha has an interesting relationship with this slice. The influence is great, but that again, that asteroid field really messes you up, um, kind of intentionally so, which is I guess maybe me hurting <laughs> Xcha on, uh, on purpose. Um, man, it's really hard to not. Um, to not do yin here. Um, I think yin just succeeds so well. I think it's, with... I think it's yin, or, yin or extra. It's either it's mm. either you take yin because of the aggressive possibilities yep. or you take extra so that you can be one of the trade partners. I think I'm less afraid of something like extra in best one than I am of yin being in best one. So yep. um, the, the ability for yin to lock down all those planets with their very, very good infantry mm-hmm. is pretty mm-hmm. scary. Um, so yep. I, can, I can't let the best one get the Yin Brotherhood. Also, you're across the table from Barony right now, yeah. so like that's pretty solid I got nothing for you. to be afraid of, yeah. Uh, and best one, final pick between Extra, Winu, Sardak, Mentak, Muat, and Arborek. Uh, Mentak is a thing. I'm adjacent to to the um, Hakan over here. Um, you can, there's a yellow you can park skip. in that nebula and be super annoying. I can, I can park in the nebula and be super annoying. I have a yellow skip. That's a huge deal. Uh, yeah. I've got lots of money and influence to just kind of do everything I might need to do throughout the game. I think I want to do that. I think I want Mentac here. Yeah. Uh, just I'm not going to criticize it too much. Else. I do feel like I'd be really scared of Yin if I was you. Yeah. If I was Mentac. But, but I, you know, my ambush versus their uh, devotion is sort of a weird matchup there. Mm-hmm. Um, whoever the aggressor is kind of gets to call the shots. You know, they're both start a combat. Right. Right. abilities so it's sort of just like either i fire two shots first or you blow up a thing first maybe um that you know if they get the tech um yeah so i'm not sure I there was okay. a right answer there though but uh but yeah yeah I, I i i like what you did so there it is we have hakan in speakeasy barony in little brother ghosts in turtles paradise Isarl in daddy warbucks yin in gash father part three and mentak in the best one so let's real quick one more time just to see how it feels uh let's pick some strategy cards our first two public objectives our own two tech and two colors and four planets of the same trait that's a big deal um we don't have a sardak in the game so no one's you know supremely mad about uh about that tech objective there um but it might it might lead to a slower start because very few people are going to be able to do four planets of the same trait round one in fact i'm pretty sure nobody can do that which means we're all only focusing on our own normal setup you know what i mean like this is playing almost vanilla ti in terms of like what am i doing round one trying to have a good slice so uh hunter donaldson you are the hakan in speakeasy so I'm the Hakan and Speakeasy. Uh, I'm first pick. I think I'm going to play it safe and grab tech because I can probably diversify research on round one. Likely. Yeah. Yeah, you could probably make likely, six bucks. Likely. You can get I, your gravity drive and then you can get uh, Graviton, I guess, huh? Yep. Yeah, Graviton's not great, but 
but you I get, get that tech done. I, sc- I score. And a even point, if, you, get... if you don't go for it, you're still working towards it, and you're getting yeah. a good you're getting a good start. Tech at the yeah, very actually, least gets you gravity could, drive for free. It's it's. I, c- I could get gravity drive for free, and then get like an early dread two, yeah. and then be set up very, very nicely well. into round two. Yeah. Uh, so now you're up as Barony and little brother. Um, Barony and little brother, all's considered. Um, let's see. Warfare gets you really close. Warfare gives you the best opportunity to take Mechatol uh, round two. That's the only the only thing in your, the only thing in your way is the speaker Mechatol. token. The only the, depending on where speaker token ends up, you might not get an early enough initiative. But other than that, warfare yeah. parks you. Warfare helps you fill out your entire slice. Yeah, I almost feel like I would want to try and take trade and like lock things down with me and Hakan. Like mm-hmm. just be like, all right, you got to trade with me uh, and you're kind of desperate to get enough money. Yeah. Um, yeah. I might take advantage of that. I like what you're saying though with setting up for Mechatol round two. And it's the My only, it's like the best way to fill out your slice just in general. Yeah, you're right. I have I have that problem. I the, the problem is little brother is tough, a, so I, I have really... to take warfare just to try and fix my situation. Yep. Yeah, and if, you, uh, and if once you fix it too, like you're in a pretty good spot. You know what I mean? If if you're the thing about little brother is yes, it has a really bad start if you have like a bad start faction. But as barony, if you get all four of your planets round one, you actually have one of the best starts. You have a three right. one, a one three, a two one, and a two. Uh, yeah. one two you have five five worth of like optimal value stuff here you, you you can do pretty well um so next up is hunter you again we've engineered a situation where we're all three going against each other right you're you're the you're the ghost of Creus in turtles paradise what do you take yeah so for me it's either politics or trade at yeah. this point trade seems um, pretty good trade would be pretty cool i would get a lot of trade goods a lot of trade goods if i took trade yeah um, I think that's probably the smart pick. Yeah, so I'm going to take so trade. Um, and I think Isarl is not nearly as worried about the influence as our L1 player was last time. So I think politics is a pretty obvious get for Isarl. Get already start cycling action cards mm-hmm. and set myself up for either the trade player is the player who wants to buy the speaker token. That seems like a great thing. You know, I can get maybe two yeah. trade goods for the speaker token pretty much right away. Um, yeah. And if they don't buy it from me, I get speaker next turn. So it's a win win. Right. Uh, so then, next up is the Yin Brotherhood. Uh, I see no reason to take construction leadership. Leadership is funny because, like, I don't, you know, I don't need it in this slice. I'm gonna have plenty, right. but it doesn't hurt to to get way ahead of it, you know. And as Yin, I am more likely to at times want to use my influence for indoctrination instead of command counters in this slice. Um, so getting on a good foot will put me even more in a balanced scenario in kind of the mid game. If I just start with three mm-hmm. extra command counters and then I'm only maybe buying one per round instead of, you know, the three that I could maybe buy per round. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, this is this is kind of a decent get. Yeah, I think you just got to. And then Mentac would love to get construction. If anything, at this point as Mentac, I'm considering being a very PDS focused Mentac and get and mm-hmm. just really, really securing this slice because that Yin neighbor is pretty scary. And I don't, I don't want Hakan to like have a desire to fight me off too much. I just want to kind of pillage from them, but not like completely ruin their life. But getting two PDS out there, or even getting that space stock out there, could could be handy. Um, so yeah. I will take construction. Yeah. So for for the last um, draft, we're gonna try and do it as quickly as possible. We don't want this episode to be too long. But what we've done is we have given each um, each of our spots that we're playing as we've given them like a specific 
character to yep. play. Um, one of the characters I'm playing is just going to be like a like a regular. I'm going to try and play as an experienced TTS player. Right. Um, and I'm also going to try and play as a new player to Twilight Imperium in general. Right. They just um, wanted to join the tournament. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I'm going to play as somebody that specifically likes Arborak yeah. and wants to play Arborak. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and we're not going to reveal like which player is which in this situation, but we're going... Mm-hmm. Because when you sit down to a table at the tournament, you don't know what their like prevailing motivation is, right? But we're, right. we're going to just kind of let that be a guiding principle for us. My three characters are someone who's just new to the TTS meta. I play in my home group. We're all pretty solid. I think I'm pretty solid. I think I'm going to do all right in this tournament, but I don't really know how people break things down on TTS. Uh, right. I have a player who's going to be really economical, someone who like almost doesn't even hardly believe in metas. They just believe there is a best faction, there's a worst faction, and there's everything in between, and everything is very kind of calculated and just like, nope, I must do this because it is the best thing, not that it has anything to do with me as a person or as a player. And my third one is that player, and we, this is this is my favorite kind of player who shows up to the tournaments, but it's that player who has something to prove. Uh, mm-hmm. they, they believe that we are wrong in our tier list, and we said some faction was bad, and they're like, I'm going to prove that this faction is good because I'm good with this faction. Um, I haven't actually specifically picked a faction for that to be, but that's going to be just kind of their prevailing ideas, like something like Sardak or Mentak or Extra, where we were like, they're bad, and they're going to be like, no, I can win with them. Right. So those are my right. three characters. So... This will, we're going to also, again, try to go kind of fast. Uh, so a little bit less explanation, again, because we're, we're kind of keeping some of this, some of this stuff to ourself as to why we're picking a thing. But, uh, right. but, but yeah. So uh, first up, Hunter is you. You've got a, You've got a player there that is ready to go. Right. Um, so this is one of my players. Um, I'm not going to say which one is which. But player number one in general. Player number one is going to ban Sar. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so then next up is player number two. Player number two uh, isn't worried about the top faction stuff, um, but wants to ban. Something. I'll say player number one banned Sar because uh, they ha- had a bad game with Sar. They didn't. They didn't like Sar. Was mean to them. Right. Uh, I'm gonna. I, uh, player number two is gonna ban the L1Z1X mine and net. I think. Yeah. Yeah, they just see them as a solid, not quite top four, but gotta gotta throw out the L one, right? Uh, Hunter. All right, so yellow player uh, is gonna look at like, okay, so I'm likely, I I probably at this point need to just keep working on the top four. Um, nothing fancy. However, Sar's already Sar's Sar's already been banned, so maybe I can ban something a little more counter picky. Yeah. Um, because SAR's already been taken care of. And also, if I do ban, ban something counter-picky, I can kind of, like, let the rest of the draft think, fix kind it. of fig, fig, fix it for me. Yeah. So I'm thinking I'm either going to ban Necro or Barony. Um, however, uh, just for something a little different, um, I think Necro and Barony... Necro, Barony, and Hakan, I think, all fit the bill here as far as, like, seventh best... Um, and I think this time, I think I'm going to say this guy like wants to play Necro, so he's not going to ban Necro. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he's either going to ban Hakan or Barony. L1's already been banned. Hakan made it in last time, so I'm just going to let that be the tiebreaker, and I'm going to ban Hakan. Okay. All right. And your, your player number th- uh, four here, what do you got? Player number four. Um, so player number four... 
Um, doesn't really know all the factions that well, but they've heard. They definitely don't want to play with Mentak. Mm-hmm. So they so they ban Net- Mentak. Yeah, Mentak's annoying. Um, yeah, all right. annoying Mentak. They don't like Mentak. Player so number five um, needs to ban the Nalu Collective. They see that Nalu Collective, uh, they, they know they're not going to get Nalu, and they, they know that that's a problem, so it's time to get rid of Nalu. And player number six knows they'll be in uh, the best one. They see that Soul is still in the game. They see Jolnar is still in the game. Uh, I think that they need to mitigate disasters and probably throw out Jolnar here. I think Jolnar needs to go. Um, let me think here for a second. Who could be most problematic for this player? They're going to be adjacent to Speakeasy, so Speakeasy is going to get the best, the best faction. I think they actually want to get rid of Soul. Soul's too much of a thorn in their side, and Jolnar might actually be a thing they can deal with early game. Um, so I want I want to reverse that. Yeah, they're gonna get rid of Soul because Soul could go take stuff from them, and and that's that's just too much of an issue. Awesome. Um, all right. So the bands were Sar, L1Z1X, Hakan, Mentak, Nalu, and the Federation of Soul. Player number six. Uh, we're sticking with it. I don't see any reason for for things to get shaken up with this single decision of the game, and that's gonna be that player number six takes the best one. It's the best one after all. Okay. And then next up. Uh, next up sees, sees all the, all the writing on the wall, their, their fifth pick faction, um, but all influence and all resources are super, super annoying to them. Um, I don't know, Hunter, give, give me a hand here. I'm, I'm trying to think of how this player would, would think here, and I, I don't know if they go with the, the even slice or if they go with something that's got some raw numbers that can really push them in a specific direction. Um, I think the, because of the the personality you've chosen for this player it would be this I think one. so too. Yeah, I think they're going to go with Turtles Paradise. They want they want to they want numbers where they need them, not um not to force them into any strategic foothold. Uh it's the same kind of thing as our first draft where it's like, you know what? I don't know what faction I'm going to end up with. Um this draft went a little bit weird. Jolnar got let through, things like that. So this one's already kind of off to a weird foot, so I'm, I'm a little bit afraid of what all else can happen here. So yes, uh, we take Turtles Paradise. Okay. This next player knows that Speakeasy is the number one spot in that they... <laughs> They think that Speakeasy gets the speaker token. So they think that that's how it works. So they're going to take Speakeasy. Can the other players chime in the, here? The, the, other, the other players try and explain it to them, and then they're kind of like, hmm. Oh, my God. Okay. Uh, but I kind of I have a plan. I have something I want to try in Speakeasy that I'm excited about. And right. so they try and, talk, they try and talk this player out of it, but then the, the player, the player doesn't says do no. it, doesn't go for it. The player says no. Uh, all right, you are uh, player number three. So this player is uh, very annoyed, very <laughs> very annoyed now, and is super confused as to what to do. What, what has happened now? Yeah. So, so the player could pick here. Could so this player could pick little brother, but then they're prob. 
I think this player is going to hope. This player is probably going to consider either, um, still probably going to consider the things they would have considered regardless, which is yeah, um, Daddy Warbucks or, um, what's the other one? Gash Father. Yep. Um, and actually, their third oh, pick, man, third back. So pick. wild. It's so wild, uh, this this player. This is the I'll, I'll just go and let you know. This is my experienced player. So I'm trying <laughs> yeah. to something crazy. You'll never just guess happened, who and now went I'm before them. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I feel like the smartest thing here. Do you think it would be Daddy? I'm just going to ask your your yeah. advice because we have to team up and be the experienced sure. player. Uh, so this I, awful thing just happened. I think maybe Daddy Warbucks would be the right pick. I think your third pick. Um, and based on what people have already, the types of choices people have already made, you really think you could get Necro and your experience and you know, you could do well with Necro in yeah. Daddy Warbucks. So you're, so, so this guy's going to go after Daddy, and, and then the other, but here's the problem. If I pick Daddy Warbucks and then like, I could be last pick speaker order now or third pick. Right. Yeah. Where, where do we, that's where the do problem. We think things are going to end up, but the person that goes next, well, they probably will take green, won't they? Because they don't want if it's a choice between lots of influence or lots of, but yeah, you're, you're picking they, between fourth pick or last pick, which neither are great. Yeah, can Necro can can Necro overcome a bad first round pick in Daddy Warbucks? I think probably. I think so. I think so. I, this is the right pick. So so Yellow's going to go for Necro, um, yeah, in Daddy Warbucks. That's so their plan. Player now. number two Even knows everything. Just got screwed. Everything up. got screwed up. No matter what they do, they are opposite. Of the speaker, they are they are third pick no matter what. So that doesn't come yeah. into it, which means the only other right. thing that comes into it is which slice is better. They have to take green. Um, yeah, they they are just forced into taking green no matter what. Um, right. They they know um, that they'll they'll put themselves in a really terrible position if they if they go anywhere else. So uh, they take green, which means red is uh, speaker and is in the un, is unusual in position of being in little brother. Uh, they were yeah. not expecting this. Um, right. And now they're going to pick a faction. They were they were hope they were already they were planning on what kind of faction they wanted to do in Speakeasy. And now they are thrown through a loop. What faction do they want in Little Brother? Uh, they know that they know Barony's pretty good, but they also see this wormhole. Well, this, well, this is my faction. Actually. Oh, you're right. This I'm is sorry. My pick, what am I saying? Yeah, yeah, you're up. Um, so, so all of those things you were just talking through, none of those things are actually being considered <laughs> because there's a plan here. There's an agenda, and they're very excited that they had the speaker token because they don't even care what slice because they are going for an Arborek play. They're playing Arborek. That's okay. the first pick. All right, Arborek. They they want it. Oh God, you're right. I forgot <laughs> that was the thing. Oh no. Yeah. This is I, I I picked the spicy. I have I know. spicy. Uh, all right. Next up, they're in all influence, uh, all influence, not really wormhole stuff. Well, Barony Letnev has all resource, so they won't be hurt that bad by all influence. Um, mm-hmm. But Jolnar is available. Is still in the game. Jolnar is Jolnar there. Jolnar is still and available. next pick. And this is, is uh, sorry, this this one will be. So we have Arborek. Yeah. With the speaker token in, in Little Brother. Yeah, this one's hard. And to now explain. we are picking for the player that's in Gashfather. Uh, Gashfather three. Yeah. So it yeah, try and keep this. So one here's here's in some of the head. considerations that Gashfather three player is considering. Um, the the biggest issue is they they know that uh, Necro could end up somewhere. Uh, Jolnar is available to them but uh to to clue you in now on what they're doing uh they're super pissed at hunter and i uh because we said ghost of Creus are bad um and they they believe that ghost of Creus are great 
and they see that empty alpha near near them and a lot of influence ghost of Crease could do all kinds of crazy shenanigans there's a red skip nearby this is almost an ideal situation for ghosts and they think they can pull it off so ghosts wow. sits in uh gash father part three so third pick uh so so here's here's the we're back to this guy that was planning so we're back to daddy warbucks yep um the plan for this guy was Necro, obviously. Jolnar has not been picked, though. Right. <laughs> which is a problem. Which so, is weird. so every time this guy has gotten a, and this is my uh, this is my experience player. Yeah. I'll go ahead and just reveal their personality. Sure. So I'm trying to make good decisions here. <laughs> what is the right thing to do? Does, I, does Jolnar need the resources? You'd also be more or less giving Jolnar to... Uh, you don't know what uh, Speakeasy's plan is. Maybe you're not worried about them taking Jolnar, but you also don't know if they will take Jolnar, which means you're handing it to e either your neighbor. That's a thing. If you take Necro, Jolnar might end up in uh, yellow, your neighbor's position. That's entirely possible. Right. Or vice versa. If or I take versa. Jolnar, I would have to be possibly next to Necro. Um, so the problem is this. I feel like I don't know, Matt. What what would you do if you were in this position? <laughs> I think this, I, is, this I th is both of our brains together. I think it is tough. It's between Necro and Jolnar, right? Necro I, and Jolnar. I think I don't trust the players surrounding best yeah, one. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, uh, and I don't want Jolnar to get to best one. However, I do think if Green, I said Green. Uh, sorry, if Spe if if our player that is in the position of Speakeasy doesn't take Jolnar, it's my neighbor. Which, okay, I'm Necro. That could be a really cool relationship. And um, I, I think that that might be okay. But it wholly depends on what... Maybe Okay, here's the thing. It, it, they're both characters inside your brain. Um, I think your character should ask Speakeasy what they're planning to do. They said they had a plan. What faction right. do they think they want? Because that, that impacts your decision here. Okay, so <laughs> Speakeasy... <laughs> What Go do you want to do? Go ahead and act it out for me. Go ahead and give me the yeah, voices. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm acting it out. Speakeasy, what do you want to do? Um, I like Jolnar. <laughs> Jolnar's the best faction in the game, right? I know that. I might pick Jolnar, but I also like Muat. Okay. Um, <laughs> doesn't tell me a lot, so maybe would pick Jolnar, which would be bad for me if I picked Necro, I feel like. It would make me feel like, oh, I should have picked Jolnar. I so with that, I I seriously think Necro does better, and just just from a if you have to ignore everything else, I think Necro does better in Daddy Warbucks than Jolnar does in Daddy Warbucks. I agree, I agree, but Jolnar is just in general a better faction, right? One of the top four. I think even an experienced player though would be like, this is too potent a combination, Necro plus Daddy Warbucks, yep. and also knowing. That there is going to be a Jolnar in the game right. makes me feel like, Whether it's and that there's still not, inexperienced there. players. There's inexperienced players at the table. We yep. know that. Right. So if I'm playing Necro, the likelihood that I might be able to take advantage of Jolnar is very possible. Yep. Definitely. So let's do it. Necro and Daddy Warbucks stick to the plan yep. after some serious consideration. Some fear. Um, all right. And now you're you are player number uh, four here. Okay, um, so so I'm the one that just talked to 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 uh, Daddy Warbucks. Yeah, so I said Mua or Jolnar, but <laughs> you were being kinda, coy. Were you was well, were you being coy? 
he 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 didn't know why he was asking that question because he wanted to he actually wanted to play Necro. Does this sound is this mean? It's not mean. It's just, it is no, no, true. No, no, no. This stuff happens. I'm, We've seen this, this at Gen Con the, the, every year. This stuff happens and I'm not making fun of people no. for thinking this way. I'm trying to say that sometimes the draft will be like this. Yeah. That's very um, true. And that's and it's fine. Right. It's not there's Everyone else wrong. is working around it. Yeah. Um it's just interesting. I think it's more interesting to do a draft where the, this kind of stuff is plot. This happening. is a prelim- preliminary round draft. This is not a semifinal round draft. Yeah. This is like the stuff you could actually come up against in the prelims. Yeah. Um, I think for fun, because this player has been my kind of agent of chaos, um, he's going to last minute be like, you know, I actually think I kind of want extra. <laughs> What are you basing this? I want to know what's actually going through Hunter's head, invoking. I'm the basing role it off of, of off of a player. So, so this is my new player. Is yes. their personality? So they have not played that many factions. Yep. So they want to play a faction that they have played before. Right. And they played. The and Beast at the Turtles. beginning, I kind of said to myself that they've played Extra and Muat. Okay. Gotcha. Um. Uh, they know that jo- they're not. They're not an idiot. They know that Jolnar is the best faction in the game, but right. also they don't want to play. Yeah. Um. They don't. They don't want to play a faction they haven't played before in the tournament. Tournament. So they're gonna go for extra. Okay. Well, blue. Blue is not a crazy person. They do see Necro adjacent to them, but they. They are. Um. They see the writing on the wall. Um. Jolnar is good. It is the best faction, and maybe they can wheel and deal with Necro and actually make more money off of Necro's desire to copy tech from them. Um, than they can trying to avoid it and handing, especially they don't want to hand Jolnar off to the best one. So they're they're very keen on taking Jolnar uh, in Turtles Paradise. And then our final player has a weird set to pick from. They've got Barony, Muat, Sardak, Winu, Yin, and Isarl. My top picks here are Isarl, Yin, and Barony. Mm-hmm. Um, this player. They, they know they're in a pretty good... It's called the best one. It's basically the best slice. Um, I feel like this person probably has seen Asarl do some crazy stuff um, pretty routinely. Um, and I think they want to take Asarl. Because uh, they they, they've seen it succeed time over time over time that Asarl wins in the late game. Right. Uh, so what we were left with is... Our speaker is Little Brother mm-hmm. as Arborek. It will happen at some point. <laughs> so, at least like one game is going to go like this, yeah. guaranteed. Yeah. Uh, then after that is Turtles Paradise as the Jolnar. And then we've got uh, Daddy Warbucks with the Necro, the Ghosts of Creus in Gashfather Part 3, the Asarl Tribes in the best one, and then Speak Easy picking last in... Uh, as the extra extra speakeasy picking last in speaker order hunter donaldson here's our objectives real quick we have got own tech uh two tech and two colors and spend eight resources you are our arborec player what is your first get um well this this player's whole plan was to to get warfare as arborec and they got that and doesn't really matter you know what, what he, <laughs> i'll what? say this much about this player 
if ever you're going to play Arborek, it's in this position, right? Yep, it's I mean, pretty it's, cool. It's, it's not the slice you want, maybe, maybe, but yeah. it is the... This this player's personality wasn't supposed to be like they're bad at the game no. at all. Or, or Sorry, I shouldn't even, I shouldn't say good or bad. New. It's not that they're inexperienced. Yeah. This player just really likes Arborek and wants to play. And we get, we get people like this uh, in the tournament, and sometimes they actually succeed really right. well. They come in specifically with a game plan. I mean, this is Jimbov, right? This is Jimbov. Jimbov rolled yeah. well, already likes Arborek. Was in a situation where they're gonna they they you know were able to do first speaker order. They know it's mm-hmm. like if you're ever gonna play Arborek, it's in this situation. And if anything, right. because of what our new player did, it gave them a better position. Yeah, Arborek in Speakeasy was gonna be troublesome, but now they have like this pathway to Mechatol. Path, it could be a Mechatol. perfectly fine uh, Arborek game. You could go Mua or you could go uh, uh, War Sun Arborek with that red skip. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. Um, all all right. right, and then Matt, it's you as Jolnar, Jolnar in Turtles Paradise. Uh, text seems like a pretty, uh, interesting get. Um, obviously Jolnar doesn't love to, to just like take tech. They kind of want other people to take tech maybe. Um, but it's round one and that's always a little bit different in round one because it still comes down to your command counters, um, in round one rather than like the resources you would be spending. Um, and Necro's maybe not taking tech. Uh, I could see a scenario where Necro takes tech because they want the command counters, um, if anything, I don't know. Let's let's have them talk a little bit. Hunter, uh, as Necro, yeah. would you take Tech as as your experienced wait, player? What, what, uh, oh yeah, as my experienced player, is, um, is Tech the get if I take trade? I, I think I think if I was Necro, I'd be like I'm considering Tech trade and politics right now. I um, think Jolnar, and like I said this earlier too, Jolnar's looking to get the right footing here with Necro, uh, so they want to be prepared for wheeling and dealing. Um, and if anything. Yeah, I think I think they want to take trade. They they want they want the money. Interesting. They want the money. Money is very so, important so, to them. So so for the so the next player is Necro in Daddy Warbucks, who is my experienced player. Um, they wanted they wanted those three. They weren't lying about that, but I think tech was their lowest priority. Yeah. So now I'm very tempted to take politics, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be cool to get some command counters though. That's that's not wrong. That's not wrong at all. But we're reasonably set up to trade with Jolnar regardless. Yeah. Um, because we're neighbors and because their other neighbor is Arborek, that is kind of, I can see Arborek's path, what they're going to do. Yeah. And it doesn't necessarily translate to trading with Jolnar. And also, Jolnar's going to want to trade with me. So I kind of feel like I'm going to take politics, actually. Okay. Uh, next up is the Ghosts. Uh, ghosts in Gashfather Part Three. Um, they've got tech available to them. Do they even need tech round one? They've got the gravity drive. I mean, they know they need to be working on tech in general, um, and that's kind of the key to a good ghosts game. They're going to have plenty of command counters later. They don't need leadership, but is construction the thing? Are they looking to get PDS down right away? No, I don't think they're crazy. They, I think tech is is a pretty good get. Yeah, uh, they tech were surprised to get. even see it get to them. Uh, right. Next up is our Isarl in the best one. Um, they're looking at leadership, diplomacy, construction, and imperial. And I think that uh, they just they know that leadership should be the get. I mean, that's yeah. There's nothing. It's weird just got to be leadership at this Hunter, point. Hunter, go ahead and tell me what extra does. <laughs> So, so extra. You like is engineered like, all of this. This is like the yeah. storyline of the century. So, so, so that's the thing, is, and and this is this is I think important to note. 
I, I really don't want it to sound like we're throwing shade. At no, that no, it, this, newer, this newer happens. We've watched this happens numerous right. times. So, so you need to be ready for the fact that somebody might just go against the grain completely. And it might be because they're a new player, but also might be because they just disagree with the yeah. whole idea. Right. Um, but definitely going to take diplomacy as extra. Are you kidding me? Yeah. That's such a good. They're going to take. They're going to get Tarman off. Of I the, can the thing yeah. there. Yeah, I'm going to get Tarman off of the thing, and uh, I can always get you know construction later. Uh, one thing I also wanted to mention about my necro picking uh, politics play that I didn't even think about is that I could then also trade the speaker token to Jolnar for some so we could really kind of get in bed together. Yeah, basically. I think Jol Jolnar, in this game, Jolnar and Necro are set up incredibly well. I don't think there's any scenario where the one one of the two of them doesn't win. <laughs> yeah. In, in yeah, this they're, layout. They're, they're, they're really awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, well that that's that's all the drafts we're gonna do. This was this went on for a while. We've actually got a lot of episode left, uh, if if you'd believe it. Um, so we're gonna do uh, some errata. You feeling all right there, buddy? Yeah, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. Um, just had some you know late late night tournament moderating. <laughs> just some some of that old school. Oh man, it's amazing! It's amazing how I love the reaction to our tournament. I love how much people love it and care about yep. it. And then you're in the games, <laughs> and, then... <laughs> and then you're in the games, and you're like, "Wow, these the, we are we are playing for keeps." These people, yeah. these people yeah. really really want this. And I think it's just because I can't play in the tournament. Obviously, I mean, right? How could I? You know, I'm <laughs> too good. But. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it would just be every year. It just would just be, be you know what? The, It'd just the, be pointless. Yeah, it would be pointless, and it would also look really arrogant because it would look like we run this tournament just to like give me an award every year. Right. It, that's yeah. what it would look like. Yeah, because that's yeah. how good I am at. Um, uh, if you can't tell, we have jumped forward in time. We recorded the whole episode uh, yesterday, but then uh, had to had to break. So now we're recording, and actually, we have seen three games to completion. And there's actually a game actively happening right now while mm -hmm. we're recording. But we want to kind of give some tournament updates because that's yeah. the whole, we're in tournament season, man. It's time. Uh, let's do the first one, which is the weirdest update, which is uh, four games so far. Mm -hmm. Uh. Three of the games have had L1Z1X, Barony of Letnev, Excha, Isarl, and uh, Yin Brotherhood. In yep. yep. Five out of or three out of four games have had that. Uh, game one also had Ghosts. Game two and game three both had. Uh, sorry, game three and four both had Sardak. Nope. Two also, and four. Also wrong. No. Two yep, and two four and both four. had Sardak. Yep. Two and, and four. Then Game three is the only weird one, and boy, howdy, was it a weird one. Mm -hmm. uh, real quick, we'll get to that, but let's just we're just kind of announcing winners right now. Uh, the first game that was won of the entire tournament was won by the Defteris. Yeah, so congratulations congrats, to, the, to the Defteris as the Yin Brotherhood in the best one. Mm -hmm. uh, our second game was won by B minus, and B minus was Sardak Nor in Turtles Paradise. Turtles Paradise. Uh, and then Hunter, tell me, you were there last night at the wee wee hours of the morning. <laughs> yeah, tell me so, about game three a little bit. 
So one thing I want to say about Game 3, uh, well, there's a lot of things I want to say about Game 3. Game 3 was the, <laughs> the weirdest one thus far. Those those first first two are are great games. There's not, nothing wrong with them. Real good. Nothing, um, the, <laughs> nothing wrong with them as opposed to Game 3. Game 3 uh, gets pretty wild, and you can watch it on yeah. uh, uh, YouTube. Uh, one of the players actually did their own recording of it, which is awesome. And yeah, we'll, here, uh, me... it will be pinned on the Discord yeah, in let's just do it that Patreon way. tournament chat. Um, yeah. Um, but if you look up Control hyphen Z on YouTube, they they host uh, Twilight Imperium games and uh, they posted their tournament game. So if you want to watch the weirdest eleven hour game of your life, yeah, by all means. Yeah. So it it uh it had um so the winner of that one was Kudos uh, playing as Jolnar. Um, yep. and there's there's a couple characters in Gashfather in Gashfather Part Three. Um, and then there's two other characters who I want to talk about. One is Jay Nor, who you might recognize from the finals uh, last year. Right, a big uh, upset. Yeah, but we don't see big Jay Nor win this well, one. Well, yeah, I mean that that's that, that's gonna happen. Um, oh, for sure, for sure. But notable that one of our finalists is already out. And then we also had kind of an agent of chaos player, <laughs> D D twenty chemist. Yeah. So D twenty chemist comes into the and we and we've gotten people like this last year. I knew we were going to. I believe this they year. did this last year. I was talking to Root. Oh, did we were they really? About the game and Root was like somebody rolled dice for their faction picks last year. So I don't know. D twenty hit us up if if that was if you that was or if you. it wasn't. If it was somebody else, let us know. We want to know who these agents of chaos are. Yeah. So he rolled dice to determine all of uh, his choices in the in in the draft, uh, which yeah. is funny because it's going to sound like when we did that like last like goofy. Um, yeah right mock draft it's gonna sound like we were making fun of somebody like him uh but but it's so hilarious that we did that because then later that day somebody right. did sort of do almost exactly what yeah. our mock draft well was. what's i mean gosh there was an arborek in that game too i yeah. mean monty was is is you know wanted to play arborek and and right. chose arborek i mean it was almost the exact same draft as right. what we did as our third draft that right. we just listened to 10 minutes ago we we, we really predicted it because it's just like sometimes <laughs> sometimes well so you get some people that are just kind of agents of chaos and they just want to shake up the draft and then you've got some people that come in and they've already decided what faction they want to play, and they don't yep. care about the draft. They're like, no, right. I'm, I want to play so-and-so I'm good faction. With X. Yeah, yeah. And I'm going to play that faction. Um, so, yeah, that the the draft was pretty wild. Uh, I don't even remember how, like, basically... I don't D- know what slices they're in, but the factions were L1, Isarl, Ghosts, Necro, Jolnar, and Arborek. So I, still a pretty decent makeup of factions. Sure, but I will t- I'll tell you the, the wildest part of the of the draft itself was a d20 chemist as far as drafting order right. was at the point where he would have picked uh slice first which yeah. when you pick slice first there's really you know there's only the one, one really there's the best <laughs> one um and he rolled his dice and the dice told him to pick speakeasy which yeah. is the most chaotic choice he could have made at that point right, um, right. so and everything it, got wild after that yeah and it ended up being uh that's why, based on just where everybody else wanted to play, and if anything, too, you can see in the video, some of the players sort of forget how badly everything's going to be messed up because of D20's decision. Right. Um, and so, a couple, you know, Jolnar ends up in uh, Gash, Gashfather Gash because Jolnar is speaker. So Jolnar, with the speaker token, picking strategy cards first in Gashfather, 
Uh, and like they finished the draft and like I think at least two of them went, oh, oh, gosh, I forgot that that's where the speaker token was going to be. Yeah. Uh oh. Uh, the, the decisions about where to sit stopped factoring in the speaker token and it, it definitely got a little scary. There. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and that's another thing we sort of predicted. And it's kind of spooky, our mock draft versus like how this mm-hmm. game went, because that was one of the things I threw out as a potential like mistake someone would make is mm-hmm. them forgetting that that the. That speaker the speaker token, token is decided. attached. Yeah, it's attached to a player, not to the speakeasy slice. Right. You know right. what I mean? It's not like whoever sits at speakeasy is the speaker. Right. Our naming convention is a little bit tricky there. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a little bit misleading. Because, um, yeah, that is that is just the first player in uh, in drafting order, basically, yeah. is the speaker. And if they end up sitting somewhere else, then that means the whole, the whole gambit of like, oh, well, we kind of all know what the speaker order is going to be for round one. Right. That gets thrown right. out the window. And that got completely thrown out the window for yeah. this game. Do we want to dig, not not very much, but do we want to dig a little bit into how that game ended? Because um, it's one of those kind of semi-controversial endings that uh, that people like to hear about. Yeah, so, um, it, yeah, it, 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 was, it was somewhat controversial. Um, however... I don't know. It it would I think it would be misleading to just give you the ending, yeah, um, sure. without all of the context. Um, I, and how about this? I will just say that Jaynor was playing as Necro, and his neighbor yep. was Kudos playing as Jolnar, and they did. And I don't know if I've ever actually seen this before. I definitely You've know seen I've it heard theory crafted. Yes, but yeah, I don't, I don't know that I've ever games. actually seen it happen. Um, but Necro got Erez, Jolnar had Erez, and they just had this like very very strong just like let's just activate each other over and over and just yeah. make money out of nothing i mean it's like an infinite money cheat code yeah i wasn't watching the game the whole time but i tuned in probably halfway through maybe round four or something and there was so much plastic on the board it freaked me out and not just pla- i mean there was a point where it looked like jolnar and necro both could do more than half of any stage twos they had such a huge stockpile of trade goods and so much plastic and all the tech they needed Mm -hmm. and it was just like how are either of these two players ever going to be stopped that was my interpretation of just like tuning in randomly in the middle yeah um i believe the stage twos were kind of mean though like eventually the unit upgrade one came out but like the first one was very difficult regardless of how many components you had yeah um which is crazy, but yeah, I mean, they had like all, every every they had like all their command counters. Like every time I would look at them, they had every single one of their command counters were out, and then they right. just like these huge stacks of trade goods. Yeah. Um, so that just made the game all and like I don't I don't blame it all at all for doing this. Like they they found they basically like found an exploit and were like, yeah, we can we can totally. And honestly, a lot of it was kind of Jane. If you if you go back and listen to our interview with Jay Nor in the like prelude to the finals thing, he talks a lot about um, his philosophy being like a rising tide floats all floats boats. All boats. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Um, actually, I feel like that's messing it up, but I, whatever. Uh, but this game is sort of like that philosophy, just like writ large to an extent where you like you kind of see like what would happen if this yeah. went to its like basically Apex. as far as it can go right. to where it's literally right. like two players are helping each other out to such an extent that they have like all the components they could have yeah. Yeah. basically out. Um, right. There's a there. I mean, it literally I'm just reading back at Janor's a little bit of recap. And it was Necro and Jolnar are positioned for every single tech and spending objective in round two. Yeah. All of them. They yeah. they, they had command. Ca- I mean, what you said at one point, Jolnar had literally every command counter on their sheet. 
Well, that's what I'm saying is they yeah. they both mostly they had, had all that. the stuff you can have. <laughs> they they had they had all their command counters out, so that meant like you know anytime they would take from reinforcements, they had to just take off their sheet. That's yeah. how free. That's how much they had their components just like under yeah. control, um, which is crazy. Uh, and then the end of the game. Uh, actually, I think I, w- I would like to talk about the end a little bit because I want to call out that uh, Crindon as the L1Z1X. Yeah, Austrian um, Oak on the Discord. Austrian Oak on the Discord uh, did have kind of a route to yeah. uh, to a victory. It was a pretty solid route, and it didn't seem like they could really stop him. Mm-hmm. Um, however, ne- uh, Jolnar, or, sorry, Jnor, God, that I'm sure that happens all the time. <laughs> Jnor yeah. and uh, Kudos um, would have just just barely not finished, and so yeah. they kind of they had a gambit that would have made me super upset had I been in the game, but as a viewer was hilarious, especially yeah. well, with all of the weird stuff. It's one of those stuff. things that you can call king-making, but because the two people involved both could become the king, it's hard to know where to put that. Yeah, right? it that, that smells like a different situation to me than king-making. Um, yeah, exactly. But it's So what they did was they sort of, a, like they both needed to score an action phase secret objective. And I don't know how they both knew th- what secret objectives they had. Like, I, right. I don't know if they discussed this. Like, I didn't catch that part. But um, they ba- they basically like, they were like, okay, well, I will risk, like, I will like, make it possible for you to score yours if at the same time you make it possible for me to score mine and we just kind of let the rng decide right, who wins this decide. game right and in the end the rng decided uh that it was kudos it just it just as easily could have been uh jnor because it basically uh right. came down to jnor had turned turned their fleets to dust which he did actually score um but kudos only needed uh to destroy their greatest ship which Jnor like risked so that Kudos would come and and, and, and go to for it. Kill. Yeah. Right. Um, so pretty weird. Um, so yeah, I just want to call out that that was a game where Jnor, Kudos, and uh, Crindon had it all uh, in their in their grasp. Actually, I even think D twenty Chemist was had next. A shot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like it wasn't like that. That was a that was a really 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 close one. And I'm sorry that I don't have as much information about the other two games. I just did not get to watch as much of yeah. them. Yeah. Well, I and, and to. also I mean, they just didn't end as um, wildly. I know Defterus's Yin win was a little bit of a win from ahead scenario. Not completely ahead. I'm not saying the other players didn't have a shot or whatever, but it was definitely like he had a bit of a point lead on everybody else. Whereas I think game two was pretty tight the whole way. Yeah. So we're already seeing, I think, some better play across the board this tournament last year the prelims were wild all over the place some games it was just a complete wash you know someone ran away with it and i i wouldn't call any of these games that and the fourth one that i you know we're kind of seeing play out right now is is the same scenario where it's like i mean literally at this moment i see three players at eight two players at seven yeah it's it's close uh so already seeing that the competition for this tournament is is ramping up year by year which is super freaking exciting yeah yeah and and i do i i do kind of want to sing a little song for jane or um as being our first like finalist <laughs> to be bounced a- out of the yeah. tournament um he's a great player and it was it was actually really great just watching him uh play again because it had been uh been a long time actually i haven't played right. with him or or seen him play actually i don't know if i've ever actually played with him uh but his philosophy on ti his attitude uh is very like i would say original and like kind of yeah. creative but also just like kind of a joy to play with and right. watch he just always has like good to yeah. good to on yeah. that guy 
Good. He's um, got a good toot. You know who else has good toots? Our three moderators. Yeah. We have to give just like so much thanks. I can't even. I, there's oh not enough God. words for Jefferson, Vision S, and I am Katie. Uh, you three are amazing. We're going to say this probably every single week, but holy cow, do we love you. Uh, by the end of this weekend, we will have already finished five games. Uh, we'll see how it ekes out next week, but by the end of next weekend, there's a real chance that we could have 13 or 14 games of this tournament already done, Whew. which compared to last year, that's th that's the most wild thing I've, I can imagine. I, I can't believe we're getting games knocked out this fast, and it's only because these amazing people have donated uh, their time to to help moderate, so... Thank you till the, to the ends of the earth. Yep, yep. Uh, Celia's game in particular went very, very late. Yeah. Um, and I did not relieve her from her moderating duty until it was uh, probably yeah. about midnight here. Kate, Kate's game was just as long, and she just started at a very, very early morning. Oh, right. Um, yes, yes, yes. I had to wake up at 6 a.m. to check in on her. Now, most of the players were, like, European. I think the earliest player was starting at, like, 7 a.m., but that's still early, and, uh, and they went until... Uh, late. They went until the af late afternoon. Um, uh, so. Oh yeah. What, one other thing I want to call out is uh, B minus winning as Sardak. I am kind yeah. of becoming a little Sardak fanboy, yeah. and I'm glad there's a Sardak in the current game that's going on. So <laughs> that's twice that Sardak has made it into the tournament. So yeah, they're, um, but they're pretty now, good. They're pretty good. They're pretty all right. Uh, it is time for us to transition into some Arata, and we've got. Uh, we've been kind of stockpiling errata, Hunter. Uh, so this this yeah. might be a bit of a chunker. Um, and the first one up is is a is a huge chunk uh, because we we owe some errata on the patience as a virtue space kitty episode where yes. we we learned about patience's wild experience with Ti and his crazy life uh, hiding the game from people, his hidden addiction as we called it or as he calls it, and uh, that one got some reactions, huh, Hunter? Yeah, it did. It it uh it was a little more I think controversial than I thought it would be. I think maybe yeah. you foresaw that a little more. I feel like I didn't I, see it as I didn't see it as as crazy as it as it got. Uh, people, some people just thought it was wild, like we did. Uh, some people were like actually uncomfortable with it, which is a whole other thing, whatever. Uh, but it was it was a weird episode. But uh, we have a we have a response that we we want to read out uh, because. Uh, as you heard last week, we're kind of changing up our Patreon tiers, um, and so we want to, you know, we had we had essentially a Space Kitty want to chime in and just be be a voice on this topic a little bit. So on on the topic of hidden addiction, uh, here's here's something from Scott Radom. My fellow space cats and dearest peace turtles, if you are of a certain age, you will remember a dark time for gamers, a time when gamers who yearned for a more immersive experience than Monopoly or Battleship would provide found themselves under attack by society as a whole. Anyone caught rolling funny-shaped dice that had more or less dots than six on them were in league with the devil, or even worse, communists. We were pushed into the shadows, and more often than not, gaming communities that did exist had rules for entrance that made Fight Club look like a wel welcome wagon. Uh, I'm going to pause right here and say I have no idea of the uh, extent that Scott Radom is, is saying, you know, gamers were pushed into the fringes of society, but... Uh, you know, there's, there's obviously aspects of that are true, but, uh, you know, I think your mileage may vary. Uh, so moving on, this was many decades ago and times they have a changed. Nobody is getting stuffed in a locker for reading Lord of the Rings anymore. Someone hearing these words right now has a tattoo of a geek reference in a visible place on their body. 
There was a time when only the true deep dive geek knew who Tony Stark was. The fully immersed nerd got to watch when all of their mainstream friends and acquaintances experienced the pain of the Red Wedding and unite in the true hopelessness fandom often brings. My takeaway from episode 113 is to just let people know to trust in the power and light that this hobby has. Don't be afraid when talking to people and the inevitable what do you do for fun question comes up to say that you absolutely love board games. And when the even more inevitable follow-up question of you mean like risk comes up, I strongly recommend a comment like kind of only turned way up past 10. I'm I've been lucky in my 43 years to run in social and business circles with all walks of life. I've had national politicians tell me they wished they still had time for a regular gaming night. There is a poster hanging up right now at the Prince Albert Correctional Center looking for another player for their Pathfinder campaign. The only possible downside you have from sharing that you too are a geek or nerd for games is someone who doesn't understand and just lumps you into whatever negative pool of people they reserve for don't talk to that dude again. So what? If someone is willing to write you off for something you are passionate about, then it, is it that important to be involved with them? You are not pushing any agenda by sharing what you love. Let them come to you. You're not the person trying to explain to me at a party the difference between a slant six and a straight six after being told for the fourth time you, that you don't care about engines. Being a gamer is not a secret worth keeping. This is a great hobby. Our community as a whole is very warm and accepting, and we have worked so long and hard to show the world what we do. What we're about and it's an amazing piece to add to your life. It's never been a better time to be a space cat or a peace turtle. Thank you, Scott Radom. So big uh, message, big big encouragement from Scott is is the main takeaway I want to get from that. There's there's stuff in there that um, I don't think everybody shares those views. Uh, Hunter, you specifically talked about your willingness to divulge your your geekier side with like fellow comedians and bookers and things like that and and i think it's it's a total well, no, perspective well, thing okay well so this is one of those cases where it feels like there was maybe a misunderstanding as far as what was being communicated yeah i think so um because i think it was kind of i don't know like um it's a nuanced thing and i I feel like this is one of those cases where I'm reading this this response to our episode and it feels like a response to something I don't think I said or or that I don't feel like we were trying to communicate. I don't think I we agree. were trying to tell people that being a gamer is something that you should keep secret. Right. Um absolutely not. I mean, we're literally a show about <laughs> we're literally about a show about <laughs> a game. Like you know what I mean? Like we're why we obviously we're not keeping it secret. We're we're talking about this every week. Right. Um we are like very very you know, this is this is a big part of our lives, this game. But at the same time, you can't really, like, judge people for what they do to, like, get by in this world, basically. Yeah. Um, and some people have, like, different responsibilities and different um, contexts that they operate in. Uh, the example that I gave that is true, uh, and, and it, I wasn't really giving it, like, Oh, this is. In fact, I was kind of saying like it's lame that this is how it is. Yeah. But there are times in my life as a comedian, um, and whenever you're trying to be an artist in general, one of the worst things about trying to pursue something like that is most um, most of these fields have a kind of gatekeeper type um, of yeah. structure to them, right. where there's really just a handful of people out there. There's not. It's way less people than you would think in the the entertainment industry. Uh, that can kind of decide your fate, basically. Right. Right. Um, and when you meet these people, 
they are looking at you as a person and as a product. And when I meet someone like that, um, those times that I do, what I need to demonstrate to them and what they are looking for me to demonstrate to them is that I am a product that they can sell. Um, what I do here on this show... <laughs> right. is <laughs> not part of that does, product. <laughs> does not necessarily translate to them. that They don't understand. And uh, it doesn't sound like a, a product. So it is a weird situation because if I say that I have a podcast... They hear podcasts and like, oh, a podcast, that's a product that I can sell. Uh, but this is not the most sellable show as as a, as a part of me being a comedian. Um, however, that is not the same as me saying that I want to keep any of this secret. It's just not, it's not part of that pitch for me. And that being brought up in that context can be a, a strange fit, basically. Um, yeah, I don't know. Do, I, do does it feel like I'm? I don't. When I say this, like Matt, do you feel like I am like hiding this, or is no, this something no. that I? Because it's I really not it like is... a shame thing at all. It is. Right. It is just like a. I know what they are looking for professionally, right. and this this show can kind of cause like some confusion with that. Basically, right. It's. I mean, obviously, we we're not hiding the fact that Patience's case is like the extreme, right? The stuff with his wife is is like up to him, and it's his thing, and it's his pers- it's his personal prerogative. I think Mantis has a really good summation here too. He was he was a part of this discussion that was happening on the Discord. Uh, Mantis said, "I think there's a huge overlap of people who hide activities from their family and people whose activities take them away from or substitute their time with their family. I think it's going to be a common reaction to equate the two, even if you can't tell from a specific instance whether both are occurring or not." Hiding something from a spouse because you know it's wrong is one thing. Hiding it because you feel they might laugh at you is different, and there's a whole spectrum of reasons, some harmless and some harmful. Overall, the only thing that stands out to me about Patience's story is the motel rooms. The rest feels mostly harmless to me. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's the point there is it, it's a personal thing, and we're not talking about it being like a deep-seated shame that I can't express my love of board games to people. It's It has so many layers to it. Um, and I think Scott's reaction was just someone who's very, very proud of their board gaming habits and their their nerdiness in general. Uh, and I think it is a bit of a, I'm going to say overreaction, but I don't mean that to say Scott's freaking out. But it's an overreaction to what the problem is because it's not that big of a problem. It's it, it's just a thing that Patience doesn't talk to his family about and doesn't want to interfere with how he talks with his family. Um, and, and that's all we get to know. We don't know the inner workings of that. And, and that's about as far as we, we get to make assumptions. Yeah. I mean, it's all it's also just comes down to like, I don't know, the, the guy came on the show and shared like some, some pretty personal stuff about his right. life. And like, I just don't like, I don't feel like we really have much of a right to like, yeah. to judge him or whatever. And I'm not even saying that anybody is judging him. Right. It just feels like the reaction to the episode from some people was almost like it felt like by us, by patients coming forward and sharing his story. I don't think he was really, he wasn't like trying to threaten anybody or make no. people or, or even normalize any of this. If anything, well, if anything he was saying too, like, this is wild that this is right. what I did and, and even not great. He I mean, he calls it an addiction, which is right. Nobody's ever right. like, Oh, I have this awesome addiction. I got to tell you. <laughs> right. <that."> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think we saw plenty of responses too that we aren't specifically reading out here that were, wow, Patience was very 
brave to to talk about that because it's clearly something deeply personal for them and and I think there was a lot of positivity that came out from that episode too. So um, regardless of your reaction to it, uh, it, it's still a wild story and it was still a fun episode and uh, I always love getting to sit down with with our space kitties and everything, even though that might be a thing that happens a lot less going forward uh, with the new Patreon structure. But uh, let's let's jump into uh, the next bit of errata, which is moving on from 113 and moving into episode 114, uh, which is about the episode that we covered the Holiday Spectacular in and actually has nothing to do with Twilight Imperium, but RoboFish on the Board Game Geek asks, Matt, do you feel like you've got the birds, the, the eerie, to work in Root yet? And the answer to that question is <laughs> kind of. Um, it, we're, I think Hunter and I are both in a weird place with Root now, uh, mostly positive. Uh, we, we got that Underworld expansion, and that opened up the game a lot, and I'm, so I'm super, super excited. If anything, I'm more excited now for the Eerie, because before, before the Underworld, you had the Cats and you had the Eerie, and those are like the control uh, factions, and you kind of need both for a game to really work. And now that you have the Duchi in there... Uh, the duchy. How do you say that? Ducci? The duchy. I say duchy. Uh, now that the duchy's there, you can swap one of the others out anytime you want, which means you can shake up the dynamics a lot more. So if anything, I think that the birds are only going to start opening up uh, a little bit, whereas before they felt really rigid and really hard to master. Just be- I don't even think you can master the birds. Like you, you, you can, you can do the best you can do with the birds. And if anybody else at the table decides to pay attention to you they can probably mess up your whole plan uh, because your plan is very public. So I, I still feel, I, I still don't hate playing the birds, but it is almost always kind of a frustrating um, mind bender to yeah. go through. Hunter, yeah. Have you played the birds at all yet? I don't remember. Uh, I played them once. I, I liked it. It was pretty easy. <laughs> uh, Matt, you have to just try and be more aggressive and build more roosts. It's actually Probably. pretty easy. You have to be it's just super easy. Just build a bunch of roosts. Yeah, you just build roosts. That's all you do. It's not hard. Well, I'll I'll try that next time, Hunter. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Try try. Uh, also, you could try like fighting more. Uh, probably. Yeah. Or and building more building more warriors. Yeah. Recruiting more. Yeah. Yeah. That might help. Yeah. Let's see. There's four different things you can do. Oh yeah. Uh, move. <laughs> move a little. You bit could more. move okay. a little bit more. Sure. Okay. That's yeah. that sounds fair. Anyway, so just try those strats, and then <laughs> you'll your your bird game will improve. I promise. It's easy. It's easy. Thanks. Thanks, Hunter. Let's move hashtag, on. <laughs> uh, pa- hashtag the eerie is easy. Eerie, more like easy. More like easy. Episode one fifteen. Moving on. Uh, last week. Last week was our tier list, and uh, we nailed it. So what? No errata. Is that right, Hunter? We're done. No, actually, done some uh, some people did still respond, even though we did nail it. But uh, <sighs> I mean, I I will say this is one of those times we can go ahead and say everything we're about to read from all these people is yeah. wrong. But oh, okay, yeah. we're gonna read it anyways because we're <laughs> we're nice. Um, this first one's from uh, Volpixel. Um, I don't play a ton, so I need to reread the Arborek and Star faction sheets. Aren't their abilities really similar? Arborek can do it everywhere, but it takes time to get capacity up, whereas Sar can only do it from their space docks, but start with the full dock capacity. Maybe plants are just too slow, or maybe I undervalue invulnerable home system. I don't disagree with the data, but it just seems crazy that very similar abilities are on the very top and the very bottom. Um, 
yeah, so I, I, I guess basically what they're saying is that we've got two factions with abilities that are essentially like, hey, they can produce on the move. And right. one of them, very, very good. And the other, yeah. not Dead last. that <laughs> other way, you know? I get that it could be confusing because they both should be equally good. Right. Basically. Right. There was kind of a conversation that broke out from this because Volpixel was mostly just looking for some advice. And I think AJPL and Brian uh, put it really good. AJPL said mobility is of massive importance in Twilight Imperium. There's a reason the blue tech tree is far and away the best one. Sar are excellent at mobility and Arborek suck at it. And yeah. Brian went on to say, it's a matter of the maneuverability of set abilities. For Sar, the dock flies out on its own and in fact moves other units around. It has its own capacity. Mm -hmm. For Arborek, they would have to have a carrier, one fleet supply and three resources, just uh, full just to be one production short of the space dock. Sar basically gets a, fl uh, a fleet supply free carriers that produce on the move and Arborek doesn't. Mm -hmm. So it's it's the idea that, yeah, Ar Arborek can produce on the move, but the move part is not actually like a very big <laughs> aspect of their play, whereas Sar produces on the move and they are all about movement. Right. Yeah, I think it's it, it really doesn't... They both have production abilities, but one of them just has all this other stuff that like makes it kind of all sing together. Right. And then the other... Just it has mage in. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, even with that, the, the big thing is uh, Sar, if it only had that, if it had the, the production on the move, it would still only be like an all right faction. It'd probably be like a mid tier faction. You'd get lots of units, but it is the fact that they can completely abandon their home system that complete, yeah. that just wi wildly unlocks them. Not only because it's just there's absolutely no way you can stop them from scoring when they want to, but they also are not defined by a pie slice. They get right. to just go take whatever planets they want without any abandon. They just do anything they want. Uh, and that's a huge advantage to, to have at your disposal. Whereas Arborex still has to hold on to their bad home system. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I agree. Um... Do we want to move on to the next one? Yeah. Yeah, the next one is a, is a similar talking point, which uh, Badman Veach says, what's wrong with Mentac? It seems like they ought to be higher up. So this is just a similar situation of like, Arborex seems like it should be better. Mentac seems like it should be better. What's going on? Uh, there's actually a lot of discussion about Mentac and ghosts on our tier list. But uh, Santiago X Deirdre uh, responded to Badman Veach and said, Dreadnought to I'm going to summarize a bunch actually. Yeah. If you want to go on the Reddit, there's a huge post where Santiago says a lot more, but I, here here's the spark notes. Dreadnought 2 is better at scoring. Bombardment is a huge deal for grabbing planets. So the Mentac have to bring a few cruisers to go take a world for a planet objective. Cruisers are fragile to PDS. Shooting a Dreadnought 2 with PDS even with plasma scoring is 75% likely to not result in a kill. Cruiser 2s against PDS, they explode. If you're not bringing carriers, they explode even without Graviton. You are not tanking PDS shots. Can you bribe your neighbors to let you take planets? No, you're Mentac. You are the one faction they will go out of their way to uh, to destroy when you're adjacent. You're the one faction that might be innocently trying to score two ships next to Mechatol Rex when someone else will smash you, not because they're afraid of you scoring, but because they just don't like you being there next to them. Also, two techs in two colors bites because they really want to run up the yellow tree and green two and red two are not really great for them. This is something we mentioned in the episode of it's the same thing with Asarl and Mentac where it's like your best tech path is a sprint down one color, which yep. locks you out of a bunch of objectives. Right. Uh, so to recap, blue is the best color for scoring points. 
Carriers and Dreads are both fantastic point scorers. Gravity Drive is fantastic, period. And Mentak don't want to go there. They make enemies just by moving around, so they're the faction most likely to be attacked. They get strong in the late game, but most games end in round five or six at the latest. It is not a recipe for a win. Yeah, I agree with a, a lot of this. Uh, I feel like Mentak is like that a kind of example of like, a faction that should have like stronger should just be fightier because yeah. they have like kind of a mean slant to them, like in their design right. and ambush they, is a great ability, but it's because it relies on cruisers. It's just not meaty enough. They're right. Not, they're not, they're not defensive enough. Right. I guess. Yeah. It would be interesting to see like if somebody was like, I, I don't care about ambush. I just care about pillage and I'm going to go like dread two or something. That would be right. interesting. Right. Um, it would be kind of weird, I guess, but, uh, yeah, like I, I just feel like Mentak kind of leads people down the wrong path, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's mirror computing, which kind of like is just such a wrench in all the data because then there's right. those games where Mentak has Runs a really great time it. at the end, yeah. you know? Yeah, uh, yeah that, that was the issue with that. It was a C tier. Why aren't they better? It is like, if anything, with, with Mentak and Ghosts both, we're kind of saying what everybody else is saying, which is like, on our own less list we believe ghosts and mentax should be better mm-hmm. but they aren't in 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 the world in tournaments that we've seen we don't see them do better so we can't rightfully put them in the same tier as the factions that we do see do well right uh, they, they just aren't better and we don't know why we like we don't have a perfect answer and yeah that's why they ended up there's in something that wrong and we don't really even understand exactly what that i mean we have ideas obviously about right. what's wrong but yeah but the, no clear answer. Yeah. Um, so there we go. Hunter, we did it. We caught up on three weeks worth of errata that we've been skipping out on because uh, every episode we did, we were just like wanting to dive right into it because we were in the same room as each other. And now we're not anymore. Right. Yeah. It's a bummer. It's it's always so much. I just need to move to Arkansas. That happening, happening scene. That, ha- um, that happening comedy to, scene of yeah, Northwest I just need to be, Arkansas. Be down in Arkansas <laughs> for where all this stuff's going down. Um. Hey, if you if you like this show, uh, well, first of all, I want to say thanks to everybody that supports our Patreon. You guys are the best, and uh, we're actually doing we're smack dab in the middle of our tournament. Um, please uh, answer your emails, <laughs> please. We're please. we're not we're not at the point anymore where it's like, hey, look out for them. It's like, no, nah, hey, we sent you something, okay? Yeah, I know we, really we sent you, you something. To, yeah. We sent uh, we sent emails to 216 people and I got responses from about 100, which is great. Again, like I said earlier, we got we're going to get through like 13 games. That's amazing. But there's going to be a very quick falling off point. Uh, So please, if you're listening to this and you are in the tournament, check your emails regularly. My goal is to get a few out and to get a couple weeks ahead. I know we we kind of started the tournament with just like, hey, are you ready on like this Saturday? That's not going to continue. We will we will get more ahead of it. We just kind of had to dive in the deep end here. Um, So like this week. There should you should already have emails in your inbox for scheduling emails that come out you know through the next couple weeks. Uh, yes. So we're we're looking for people to send us your availability, and then once we have your availability, we send you an email that is essentially inviting you to the game we want you to play in. Right? It's an email with you and five other players, and says, "Hey, you said you were available for this time slot. Here it is. Can you confirm that you are still available for it? Let's let's get this ball rolling. Yeah, um, and that's that. So you're basically keeping an eye out for two separate emails routinely throughout this process. Yeah. So um, I just want to talk a little bit uh, specifically to Galactic Counselors. Um, this 
was a Galactic Council episode uh, that was really fun to do. Um, but I, I am looking to get us ahead on Galactic Council polls. So I'm going to go ahead yeah. and put out, when you hear this, if you're a Galactic Councilor, you can go and vote on next month's episode, um, which is going to be the first week of February. Uh, and I got three choices for you. Um, and I kind of, I'm kind of like, I kind of want the choices to move around a lot. So just like, don't expect to see like the same choices on the polls over and over. Um, but this, this time we didn't get to do the player profile on nine of spades. And I just really feel like doing a player profile episode. Um, and we just got done doing the holiday spectacular. And also I just like having my friends on the show. So (laughs) here you go. Your choices for next month's episode. They're all player profiles. You can pick, um, Alex, who was in uh, the Holiday Spectacular. He who, unlocked he, the uh, final round of the game. He was the unlocker, um, and <laughs> which is th- pretty good, uh, pr- almost good uh, yeah. to be in the Holiday. Almost hol- noteworthy. Now, it wasn't like a win or anything, no. but it was, he did unlock the final round. Um, and if you don't know what we're talking about, you should watch it on YouTube. Please watch the Holiday Spectacular on YouTube because I edited it and it took me all week. Um <laughs> A lot of people have actually been calling out that they want to um, talk to Alex about his uh, necro strategies in yeah. the Holiday Spectacular because he was kind of playing a wild game. Also, uh, I would like the opportunity to have him on the show and apologize for how salty I was at him. Um, I really don't like being called out for saltiness because that's kind of Matt's whole thing. Right. And someone did call out like, hey, Hunter was kind of salty in that, uh, which I I would actually contend that I wasn't, but... Um, at, really at all but uh yeah, but sure. then the record is there um but oh, yeah, yeah. At, hey, there's at, a video Shoot. at least i didn't like break anything or smack my head on a desk or anything so yeah still calls, well never mind yeah uh, yeah yeah the second option <laughs> the second option though is the one that i want to get on the sh- i mean re- the second one's funny because it's sean and sean was here last week just talking to us about the game in general right but it would be more fun to dig into sean's brain yeah as a and how sean uh, plays uh board games and strategy games in general i think it would be really fun i don't know how illuminating it will be for you all because i think it would be kind of like yeah that's a way to do that huh right um right which actually you know what i will say this though sean plays games i think uh to have fun which is nuts and i know i just lost a lot of people well Uh, hang on you say that but also sean every time it's his turn it's like a 10 minute intermission yeah because he's having so much fun he's having so much fun on other players turns that he forgets that he's playing the board game and then on his turn it's like oh oh yes now i'm now i'll be strategic yeah yeah um and then your last choice i think this would be an interesting uh time to have uh this guy on the show actually uh mostly because of his lack of interest in twilight imperium but also his (laughs) i feel like the arc of his character should be updated a little bit um is connor uh famous for for him confusing the 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 legal text um right. yeah and it's time for him to be on the show um and i think it's also time for us to cast off uh his i mean he has if you watch his what happens to him in the holiday spectacular um i feel like it's very mean from the very beginning and uh i think we should all let him off the hook collectively and i think it would yeah. be nice to have him on the show to have him uh speak on that a little bit yeah um so uh so there you your go three options are essentially alex the strategy discussion Mm-hmm. Sean, the how do you play games for fun discussion, 
and Connor the Redemption Story. Yeah. Those are those are kind of the three focuses of, of what we could get into. And uh, actually, I'm pretty sure, has Connor never been on the show? I don't think Connor's ever been on the show. Uh, I mean, there was that one time early on that you kind of just interviewed all of our friends and had them send you a blurb, and I have no idea if Connor was in that or not. I don't Probably know. Not. I don't know that he was. Um, I think he's only been a part of Holiday Spectaculars. Yeah. Uh, Sean, Sean and Alex have both been on a couple times, I think. Uh, yeah. Me, oh, and me and Alex did everyone's favorite episode of all time, which is the Twilight Imperium <laughs> movie, uh, which, by the way, I think I could do a better version of that um, now. Yeah. So all maybe right. maybe me and Alex will collaborate on a Twilight Imperium 2. Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, more Patreon stuff. Uh, Hunter Donaldson fan club people, um, which is Hunter Donaldson is um, a guy on the show. Um, and uh, wait, what is this? Oh, yeah. So... <laughs> So the, the Friday night um, that so the way the Hunter Donaldson fan club works is uh, one Friday night out of every month. Um, I get on Twitch and I play a game uh, based on a poll that the club decides uh, the night that I'm going to play uh, this month is going to be on January 17th, uh, probably starting about 6 p.m. Uh, Pacific Standard Time. Uh, and here are uh, the choices that I'm considering right now. I haven't put the poll out yet. I'm probably going to wait more one more week to actually, actually put out the poll. Um, but right now, I've got... Uh, I could play a variant of Twilight Imperium called Nuzlocke, uh, which EJ has kind of developed. And if you're on the Discord, you know what I'm talking about. And if you don't know yeah. what I'm talking about, I'm sorry. Um, it's just a very weird way to play Twilight Imperium. It involves here's, like if you lose your pieces, very you have to throw summary. them away. Yeah, yeah. In in Pokemon, a Nuzlocke run is uh, if your Pokemon faints, it's gone forever. So EJ has adapted that to be if a ship dies, it's gone forever. There's also a crazy end game scenario that he's de- developed uh, where if if two players are tied, it doesn't come down to initiative order. Instead, it basically comes down to a battle royale over Mechatol Rex, which is awesome i really think the whole point of nuzlocke is to just work up to that final round moment okay um, but those are like the two guiding principles of nuzlocke yeah and hopefully i would play with ej which would be nice um and then another option uh that uh billy uh threw out one of our uh weird bears actually mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. is dream daddy he wants to play dream daddy dating simulator if you're familiar <laughs> with that game i actually do own that game and have not played it at all oh, wow. so i could do that um i could play a prelims map uh, Twilight Imperium game, like a like a mock tournament game, um, yeah. except with only the bottom six factions from our list as the only playable factions, um, and that was uh, recommended by uh, Tabes from yeah. the uh, from the Hunter Donaldson Fam Club, um, and then also I always like to just kind of throw one in just for me. Um, <laughs> I just got that that game Control which is uh, yeah. by Remedy, the same studio that did Max Payne and Alan Wake. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also did one that I didn't play that I heard was bad. Um, sure. But Control looks really interesting. And I would also just be down to play Control. Like, yeah. if you guys vote cool, on Control, the thing that no one Control. will vote for. That's so fun, honey. Yeah, it's but it's, I always like to just throw one out there that's just like, <laughs> oh, it might be just be cool to, for yeah. me to just play a game, you know? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I want to thank our our partners, our Space Kitties and our Weird Bears. I want to give a huge thanks already to two new Weird Bears that we have. It's barely been a w- it's not even been a week. They both basically signed up immediately as soon as Weird Bears were available. Billy and Ponchadori, oh my gosh, thank you both so much. And I also want to thank our Space Kitties, Firosco, uh, Scott Radom, Patience, TGU Elch, Naderade, Mantis, Rwise, Umar, and Woodstock. Thank you all so much for supporting the show at, at such a high level. You guys are amazing. Yeah, with that, with that, you guys, this show would not happen. Um, 
As far as Twitch and YouTube updates, uh, Holiday Spectacular is up on the YouTube page. Please check it out. Um, I am going to be, this coming week, um, I'm going to be working on getting a video on YouTube of us playing the newest Root expansion. Um, and by us, it's me, Matt, and Sean. So it's a three-player game, which is a little bit weird. Um, Connor's there. Connor's, Connor's the there, and he's sleeping. And it's actually <laughs> something we recorded after the Holiday Spectacular at like midnight. So it was a yep. very sleepy vibe. Yeah. But that will be your YouTube video for this week. So look forward to that. And please, if you have not watched the Holiday Spectacular, I worked real hard on it, and it's real funny. <laughs> it's got funny editing moments in it. So mm-hmm. don't just watch it for the game. Watch also, for... Matt breaks uh, something. Yeah, I don't know if we've talked it. about that at all we there's did. a part where matt breaks something <laughs> and it's very fun and it's not even in part one you'd have to watch you, you i'm not gonna keep, tell you, you where it is it. but it's not in part one <laughs> so you you're gonna have to watch past part one if you will find it uh you can rate our show on apple Podcasts and itunes and it helps increase visibility you can follow us at space cats pod on twitter space cats peace turtles on facebook you can find us on board game geek guild slash 3103 you can join our discord and get uh involved in the d- channel conversations that are devoted to every single episode you can also be a part of all kinds of conversations there's also super fun conversations happening right now all about the patreon tournament if you want constant up-to-date uh information about the tournament it's all happening on patreon tournament chat on our discord server so if you don't have to wait for the episode to come out to hear about games that just finished yeah uh come hang out there because as soon as every game is done we announce the winner the players get in there and they have that you know that post game talk that always happens that stuff is awesome it's awesome and it's even more fun when they get to share it with like the whole discord so it's a it's like honestly this is seriously the best time to be on the discord i was uh, just about to say that this is the time (laughs) if you if you listen to the show and you like twilight imperium but you're like "Uh, i don't know about getting on a discord about it do it it's fun it's fun to hear about the games and like you know like there are games happening right now while we're recording this can i say it's wild this game had or this weekend literally had like full 24 hours of of twilight imperium or or very very close your game finished at like just shy of 4 a.m my time oh and then kate's next game started at 6 a.m my time there was only a two hour gap where games weren't being played so this tournament is literally happening 24 7 at the moment uh which is absolutely insane i just want to thank jefferson yeah uh i am katie and vision s again again because oh my god it's, I can't. I. I. I'm so glad we're I'm able not to do kidding. this again. I, I'm not even like being nice when I say this year's tournament wouldn't happen if you all hadn't volunteered to help with. Right. This. Like it literally. I was after last year. I was saying we will never do that again. Like it, in, unless there are major changes, we would never ever do another tournament. So this tournament is only happening because of Vision S Jefferson, uh, Katie, Billy's going to be showing up around uh, pretty soon too. There, we're going to have other moderators, um, but so far those three have been the ones doing it. So we have to give them extra special thanks. But yeah, seriously, this tournament wouldn't be happening this year without them. Yeah, it's yeah, it's I, I literally cannot thank them enough. Thank you for listening to Space Cats Peace Turtles, and thanks to Ben Prunty for the use of his music. You can find more at benpruntymusic.com and benprunty.bandcamp.com. Pax Magnifica, Bellum Gloriosum. <laughs>